This Saturday morning, Dr. Michael Wolfeld will be back with me in the studio. He is on another tour around the United States, lecturing and educating about the human body, mind and spirit. This weekend, he'll stop in Bozeman. I always enjoy hearing Dr. Wolfeld's knowledge, common sense, enthusiasm, concerns and up-to-date research. Please join us for a jam-packed three hours. It's Gazootite with Jacobus. Gesundheit with Jacobus, Health Talk Radio, integrating allopathic and all-natural medicine one show at a time. Here is your host, Jacobus Hollowine. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. What a gorgeous, gorgeous day out. I am so happy to be here and to walk outside and in the sunshine, and it is not cold yet in the morning. Uh, it's been cold quite a bit, nippy, I should say. Anyway, good morning to you. This is Gesundheit with Jacobus. I am your host, Jacobus Holloway. We are talking about health, healing, and healthy lifestyles. And we do it with the experts. We have them on, in the studio or by phone. Let them talk about a, uh, their work, uh, a passion they have, uh, a project they're working on, research, books they've written, anything to do with health, healing, and healthy lifestyles, be it the body, the mind, or the spirit, or a combination of all three. As always, want to keep in mind that when we talk about health, healing, and healthy lifestyles, we are never here to diagnose, treat, or cure. The purpose is always education, information, and hopefully a little entertainment. We always recommend you either talk to the guests after the program or that you find information from a reputable source. Otherwise, either in the library, in magazines, over the internet, or a physician or specialist who you really connect with. Nice to be with you. My guest today in the studio is Dr. Michael Wolfeld. And Dr. Wolfeld is, uh, was on the show, well, this is the sixth time he has been on and that he is on. And he was last time he was here two years ago, uh, May 21st, 2016. He, he is a naturopathic physician who lives in California. He travels extensively throughout this country to talk passionately about many different topics. He also does regular radio interviews to educate listeners about the new developments in the health foods industry. Having been connected with different supplement companies, he is very much aware of changes and company policies. Dr. Michael Wolfeld is passionate about the subject of genetically modified organisms, explaining what it could mean to us as a society, the effects on the economy, agriculture as a whole, and the health of the human race. Today, our topic will focus on taking control of our own gut health, taking control of our own gut health. And uh, Dr. Michael Wolfeld can be reached by calling 1-800-962-LIFE, 1-800-962-LIFE, which stands for 5433. Dr. Wolfeld, great to see you again. Good morning. Jacobus, good morning. I'm glad it's a sunny day because I noticed it's going to be raining tomorrow and we're heading north where it's not going to be raining. <laughs> is that right? Helena, yeah, Helena's supposed to, supposed to be windy but not 
not rain. Uh, that's what they say. Just I know. You, get there. You, you never can tell. <laughs> you know, the funniest thing I ever experienced is years ago, I flew into Denver, Colorado. At, uh, I took the, mo- the early, early morning flight. Got there at 7.15 from California, mm-hmm. and it was 28 degrees, and it was snowing like a blizzard. Wow. And I, I knew it was going to be like that, so I brought a coat. I was okay. And the salesperson picked me up, and we went to visit a few stores. I left at 7.30 that night. Yeah. It was 79 degrees, and I mean, I was ready to just have a bathing suit on. And apparently, Denver, <laughs> that's typical for I Denver. I want to see that side. Yeah, right. So, I mean, you never know with the weather. Yeah, you, know? you never know. Yeah. I remember coming here in Bozeman, and it was, uh, I came here in 88, and in January of 1989, they warned the parents to pick up the children. This was in January or so. And they warned the parents to pick up their children because the temperature was going to go between noon and 4 o'clock from plus 34 to minus 32. Holy mackerel. In four hours. And boy, was it cold. That's nippy. (laughs) That's that's cold. So I had the reverse effect there. Well, you know, not two years ago, but I think the time before that that we were here. Yeah. I remember it was like June something. It was like June the 10th or something. And I remember looking on the website or the weather thing, and it showed that Butte was going to be like dumped on. Okay. And we said, okay. And we looked south and uh, on 191, and it looked like it was pretty clear. We said, all right, well, even though we're going high, it looks like that's a better bet because, I mean, they were actually closing down the, the intersection there at 15. Yeah. And so we started heading south, you know, parallel to Yellowstone. Yeah. I mean... Whiteout City. I mean, all of a sudden, that entire mass of weather moved east, and we, just for us. And, yeah. and it's like, oh my goodness gracious! Yeah. You know, it was crazy. So, yeah, it you never funny. know. You never know. I know. Not this time. Hey, it's great to have you back. It's always wonderful to be here. We, of course, we never run out of something to talk about. No, that's true. <laughs> uh, you know, folks, this is one of those shows where, in a way, I. Uh, uh, I know when Dr. Wolfeld is here that I I don't want to say I want to relax, but um, after we finally left uh, the store yesterday, which was about 8.30 or something, I called you. Yeah. And then I came home and I, I had recorded the Warriors against the Cavaliers. Uh, I wanted to watch that basketball game. <laughs> so I... Uh, I hope the team won that you wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's I like, good. I like the Warriors. Okay. I mean, they're an exciting team to watch. Right. And, uh, so I went. I decided to go to bed, get up early this morning, and prep for the show. So I I don't really have any notes. So you right. Know. Well, we, no, yeah. I know, I know, I know. We never needed. Notes. I don't know. I <laughs> In don't. fact, we got to start talking about health. Maybe that is the easy <laughs> thing. You know, many times when customers come in the store and they say, I sit down with them, I have no idea what they're going to talk about. Right. So I'm not too worried. I I was thinking driving. What some of the things what we can talk about. We will discuss gut health. Well, you know, and this is an interesting thing yeah. because it is related to everything we're dealing with. Exactly. And, you know, the thing that's interesting, we talked about this a little while ago when we were eating breakfast, Jacobus, but sometimes we humans have to hear the same thing four, five, six times before it starts sinking in. Yeah. In fact, you know, we were discussing the movie, you know, Groundhog Day, where Groundhog the, that, Day. that poor guy, you know, stepped yeah. in that same stupid hole <laughs> over and over and over again before he finally, you know, saw it and then stepped aside. Yeah. That's, yeah. All of us are like that. So, yeah, yeah I mean, we're all sort of stupid. Yeah. And, uh, what science has actually learned in just the last couple of years, this is really exciting when you really think about it, is before, you know, psychologists and psychiatrists always sort of felt that 
if you have something that's a psychological issue or depression, anxiety, even Alzheimer's, whatever it is, that that is totally unrelated to your diet. It's unrelated to anything else going on your, in your body. In fact, it's phenomenal, you know, that I remember as a kid, you know, I was born with a condition called arthrogryposis. And I still remember, and you don't remember much as a four-year-old, but I mean, this was significant. Yeah. As a four-year-old, we were at this doctor's office who had been taking care of me since I was a kid. Yes. And so he says to my parents, with me sitting there as a four-year-old, obviously he didn't think a four-year-old could understand could anything. anything, right? And my, my young, older sister was there too. She was, uh, I guess, 11 at the time. He says, you should get, he says, well, Mr. and Mrs. Wofeld, you should get used to the fact that uh, that Mike's going to spend his life in a wheelchair and won't live past the age of 30. Now, I want you really? to know, that's what this guy says. Now, my mother, who is a rather feisty woman, I've already told you some of the stories of her and my <laughs> grandfather, yes, that, you know, she was, she, she was not one to just settle down and accept things. My father later said that he was a little concerned because he thought that my mother was going to give this doctor some free dental work, like you know, <laughs> knock out about half his teeth. But she she controlled herself, and of course she walked out of the room and said, "He may be a good doctor, but he's really a stupid man," you know. And, <laughs> but anyhow, so I always tell that story when I'm out doing talks because you know from the time we're a kid, we hear things from our parents. We hear things from teachers, clergy, politicians, you name it. You know, we think that all these people are authorities. Everyone's clueless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, but the fact is, and this is the real tragedy. It's not a tragedy. It's just the way it is. The fact is, is we find ourselves at the age of 25, 35, 45, 55, 65, 85, whatever, and we are still thinking those same thoughts that we heard when we were four years old. Yeah, you're okay? right. And so... We both were discussing this at breakfast. You know, it's like we've all been a product of our past, yeah. which is not always user-friendly. Let's face it. In yeah. fact, we're always trying to escape it, you know, and we're trying to dig out of that hole, and we don't need to because we're already on level ground, but we somehow keep digging the hole deeper, yes. you know, and that's the way yes. it is. Uh -huh. And so what science has actually discovered in the last, I'd say, 15 months at, at most, maybe even not that much, is that all of these emotions that we have, these thoughts that we have, are actually molecules of emotions. Now, when we say molecules of emotions, well, what are we saying? Well, what we're saying is the fact that these emotions, these thoughts that we have on a continual, habitual way, are actually lodged in our body. They're not just simply lodged in our consciousness. In other words, they are rooted in our cellular metabolism. Mm. And that's why you keep stepping in that same hole. I mean, right. I've done it. You've done it. We've all done it. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. we're all trying to live up to expectations of our fathers, our mothers, our grandparents, whoever it was, you know. And until we are able to release those molecules of emotions, we're not going to change. Okay, so you say, well, where do these molecules of emotions live? How come that nobody sees it? Exactly. Right. Well, science has now determined, and this is really funny when you think about it. Yeah. You know, you say, okay, well, what are you? Okay, I'm, I'm 130 pounds, I'm 180 pounds, whatever, okay? Yeah. Well, let's say somebody's, let, let's say you're 150 pounds, okay? So you're 150 pounds, believe it or not, 140 pounds of you is bacteria. 
In other words, a very small amount of you is actually molecules of minerals, you know, in other words, other substances. You're primarily, you know, bacteria. And so what is this, where does this bacteria live? This bacteria actually, and science is now showing this conclusively, that your bacteria actually lives in your primary lymph glands. And your lymph surrounds your intestines, it surrounds your heart, it's in your brain, and it's in, it's in your muscles. Mm-hmm. And this is why your muscles have memory, because those bacteria and that subsequent lymph glands that are in there, and right. the lymph is actually the major mechanism that pumps toxins out of your body. Okay. okay, not right, your blood. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, not your that's blood. Yeah. Okay, well, one of the things that's really interesting and one of the problems that we all share right now is the fact that, you know, let's face it, we live in a stress-filled society. Stress is a huge motivator in a bad way. Mm-hmm. And stress is both contagious and addictive. Now, let's say you've had a really peaceful day and you know you've been out taking a hike in the mountains or whatever and i mean that's the everyone needs to do that once in a while in fact we should be doing it more than we do (laughs) okay in fact just just you know what three or four days ago we were up in the you know in the uh what do you call it here the uh the rocky mountains yeah the what's the the for the national forest right here yellowstone park no 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 the one that's right south of here 10 miles um what's the whatever i can't even think of the name of it now Gallatin, Gallatin, Gallatin National Forest. Yes, and so we actually camped up at uh, one of the campgrounds there, and yeah. so we took a hike around. And it only took a matter of minutes that we felt our own consciousness changing because there was no Wi-Fi. The phone didn't work. Okay, there right. was no electricity. Even the guy who was the camp host had solar panels. If he wanted electricity, that's how he had to have it. Wow. And so it was pitch black that night. I mean, no lights from any place. We're yeah. not used to that. Yes, we yes. are used to having some kind of light from some place. You're right, and it's very healing to be in an absolute black environment. Did you enjoy the stars? Oh, it was incredible. Beautiful. Okay, huh? so the point was is that we really like zoned. We got into a different zone, and we were all relaxed and con. You know, and it was it was wonderful. Okay, so you come back here, and then all of a sudden, you know, you start noticing. Hey, I feel a little stressed in this part of my body or that part of my body. That's yeah. how contagious it is. And so we're all living in a stress-filled society. That stress kills good bacteria. That's true. Okay. Yeah. The other thing that kills good bacteria is lousy diet. Uh-huh. You know, and we're all eating bad foods, we're all eating fast foods more than we should. You know, we try and be really good about that. And Nora, my wife, you know, I mean, she brings food with us. We have a lot of fermented foods and things like that. But I mean, if you try and eat, you know, even just restaurant food, you're in trouble. I mean, it's just not that good three times a day. And so that combined with the stress is killing all your good bacteria, which means that your bad bacteria has taken root and that's what's running things. Okay. Well, one of the problems is if you can't detoxify, and people say, all right, well, you know, I take, you know, people know chlorella is a good detoxifier. Like, you know, our company, we sell chlorella. We sell fulvic zeolite. Those yeah. are very good, both good things at detoxifying. But if your gut is not operating, when you start detoxifying, if your gut's not working, 
you possibly more than likely are going to send some of those toxins up to your brain. Totally true. Which is not a good thing. Okay. So why are we so toxic? We're toxic because the world's toxic. Let's face it. Well, one of the biggest toxins that each one of us deal with 24-7, guess what it is? Mercury. And you say, well, wait a second. Mercury, you know, I, I, I had my amalgam fillings taken out a long time ago, so I don't have that. You know, um, I, I haven't eaten a, an old thermometer recently. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, we used to play with... Yeah, you, I, you I remember it. myself. You with that yes. stuff. It was fun. You uh-huh. know, those little balls of mercury. Yeah. yeah. Well, the problem is, is for many, many years, we have been burning coal in coal mines to produce electricity. Yes. And that's what makes the lights go on. Well, every time you burn coal, you are vaporizing mercury. It's in the coal. Interesting. And so we are all breathing this mercury constantly. It's not not user-friendly. And that mercury destroys the good bacteria. Obviously, that mercury can go into your brain and guaranteed Alzheimer's. I mean, no Mm -hmm. question about it. That's why Alzheimer's is like almost epidemic today among people not 80 anymore. People 55 are getting Alzheimer's. Yeah, I just read somebody else. Exactly. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in other words, unless your gut, and this is science now says this, unless your gut is operating well, you can't detoxify that mercury. So how do you detoxify effectively so you don't keep cycling that mercury back? You know, it goes into your liver. Your liver sends it out, you know, with the idea that you're going to eventually, you know, have it go to the toilet. That's what you're trying to do. You're sure. trying to have it take, take it to the toilet. Okay. Yeah. We never take it to the toilet. It just keeps recycling because our gallbladder's not working. You know, we now have many, many people who are on gluten-free diets. Right. We have people who can't eat dairy. Mm-hmm. We have people who can't eat greasy fried foods. Now, I believe me, I'm not advocating eating greasy fried foods, and I'm not saying you should be able to eat gluten or that you should eat gluten or that you should eat dairy products. No, okay. just whatever people want to do. Right. right. But some but, people have an allergy. But mm-hmm. the reality is, is if you cannot eat the gluten, if you cannot eat the dairy, if you cannot eat greasy fried foods once in a while without... Terrible indigestion, guess what? Your gut ain't working. In other words, you should be able to eat those things. I'm not saying you have to. You don't have to. But But if if, you do get exposed to it by accident. Right. You should be able to digest that stuff with no trouble. Uh Okay. Most people today start by going on a gluten-free diet. After they're on a gluten-free diet, they start feeling good. Okay. And then they start feeling bad again. Okay. Now they're on a gluten-free, dairy-free diet. Okay. And then after, and they feel great. And then a little while later, they say, oh, you know, I'm not feeling so good. So they give up meat. You know, they give up eating all the beef. And then they give up chicken. You know, and pretty soon they give up fish. And then they become a vegetarian. And then they become a vegan. And that, what they do, and then they become a raw foodist. Right. And every time they make this switch, they feel good for a little while. But the problem is their digestion ain't working. Right. And so they're just simply taking out the allergens. Well, that's not the answer. The answer is you've got to have fire in your gut because if your gut ain't working, you're not going to be able to get that mercury out of your system. It's just that simple. I see. And so the mercury is going to go back to your liver because your liver is the great organ that detoxifies. 
So if your liver is, all right, so for, for example, how does your liver detoxify? Your liver primarily detoxifies by having nothing going on in your body, digest-wise, for as many hours as possible. So in other words, if you have your last meal at 8 o'clock at night, which a lot of people do, yeah. and then they start eating again at 7.30 in the morning, yeah. all right, well, that big meal that you had at 8 is still being digested at midnight because, you know, especially it if you had something heavy. Absolutely. It, yeah. So if you, give your, if you give your body even three or four hours of detoxifying time, there's no way the liver can do that because, in other words, the liver tries to start detoxifying at 5, a, at 5 p.m. Okay. And so if the stomach is still working hard, guess what the liver says? Hey, the liver's like the big janitor. Says, okay, well, I can't detoxify tonight. I'll come back tomorrow. Okay, well, tomorrow's the same problem. You mm-hmm. know, so the liver keeps coming back and saying, I can't do this. You know, I mean, you got to give me some breaks. You don't keep shoveling more garbage out into the, the living room right. if I got to sweep it up. Right. So in other words, it finally gets to the point where the liver just simply says, hey, wait a second. I can't do this anymore. Now, if you've ever done a dissection of dead people, Mm-hmm. or animals, yeah. especially people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get to the liver. Okay. The liver is really disgusting. It's a slimy mass because it's coated in grease. Oh, boy. Because that liver couldn't possibly clean out what was going Never in. Never had enough time. And it, it basically just gets caked up. Yeah. It's like your spark plugs that you've got a car that's 15 years old mm-hmm. and you've never changed the spark plugs and you can't figure out why it doesn't run too well. Well, your liver is the same as those spark plugs, kind of. Well, you know? let's, let's talk a little bit about that yeah. spring cleaning that right. we need to do. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Almost as good as a protein shake in the morning. This is Gesundheit with Jacobus. The gut, the whole opening from the mouth all the way to your anus is one long pipe that is made of skin material and the gut itself the whole digestive tract is officially outside your body and that sounds weird because it is inside our body but it is in a way technically outside the body because there is no blood anywhere so blood once it enters the bloodstream it actually enters your body in the meanwhile It is processed by our teeth and molars, enzymes in the mouth. It runs, goes down the pipe, the esophagus, through the esophageal sphincter into the stomach. And the stomach is supposed to be very acidic because it has a lot of enzymes to liquefy the food. The purpose for the stomach is liquefying because once the food is liquefied, it can be further processed, but the rest of the system, after it has been mulched by the teeth and the molars, it is smaller pieces that need to be liquefied because otherwise it doesn't make it through the whole digestive tract. So if you liquefy the food, and that may that process may take maybe an hour or so, in the stomach, 45 minutes to an hour, after it is liquefied by the strong, strong, strong acid that is in the stomach, then it moves from the stomach into the next part. It officially we say it is the small intestine, but it is really the upper part of the small intestine, which is called duodenum. Now, the duodenum 
has midway through it's getting immersed in in enzymes that come in through the gallbladder which is the bile and it will come in from the pancreas which is laying right behind the stomach and that gives us pancreatic enzymes so now the purpose of that is the liquefying you take the liquefied mass that comes out of the stomach and people don't there are so many people who say well i have acid reflux so i drink liquid well that can often be a problem while you are drinking taking liquid or while you're taking zentac because that actually makes the acid even it it, it it thins the acid and we don't we we don't want to thin the stomach acid we really need to have that acid to liquefy that's why the old italian mafia used to have these vats of acid that they throw these buddies in yeah in fact you know jacobus <laughs> i was going to say until until you get that under control and there's ways we can talk about that too yeah you don't want to be using those those toxic drugs if you can possibly help and one of the things you can do temporarily i i repeat temporarily is you can take a little bit of baking soda like a half a teaspoon of baking soda and a little bit of water and sip that because that's alkalizing. Okay, so that will help to curb the acid reflux. Yeah, but I do believe that but the majority gotta, of people, y- as we get older, right. we simply don't eat the food, the amounts of food anymore that we did when we were younger. Exactly. So it is almost like a factory right. that says, you know, guys, the, the jobs are not coming in. We're going to lay some of you off. Right, and so, so we produce, produce less and less acid. Right, so we actually could use a little apple cider vinegar or lemon right. juice yeah. to uh, to help us. Yeah. with. But, but then people say, well, yeah, I mix it in a glass of water and drink it. I said, no, you got to use it straight. Right. And the thing is, too, is that one of the problems is it's it, it, these are what we're talking about right now are temporary fixes. Yeah. OK, the reality is, is you want to make it permanent. You know, and this is what we were talking about before the break is that you've got a liver that's clogged up. You've got a gallbladder that's not working. And so basically. How science now understands that if you cannot digest fat, you cannot detoxify. It's just that simple. Interesting. And the way it works is this, is you've got to have the fat in your diet because the fat is what produces more bile. Okay? You cannot make bile without fat. You have to have good fat. So what's good fat? Good fat is not the trans fats when you're going to McDonald's and having to order French fries. Right. That's that's toxic fat that just puts more stress on the poor liver. Uh Okay. So good fat is avocados, raw seeds and nuts, uh, you know, um, coconut oil, um, fresh pressed olive oil. They got to be careful with olive oil because you want to make sure it's not been cut with canola oil, you know. And you go to any of these places, even the like you, you know, even go over here to like the co-op, which has a fairly decent deli. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how many things they have there where the food has been cooked with organic canola oil. Oh, canola oil is furniture polish it's not designed to be eaten let's face it okay Canadian, i mean canada oil right? no no wait i have to correct myself now if you've read if you've recently eaten a, a wooden table then it's okay to have some canola because you polish it inside your gut right isn't that how it works Jacobus? I guess so. <laughs> yeah so so the reality is is oil should only be added to your food after it's cooked yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the other thing that's really interesting. You know, I don't work for any bread company, but the fact is this: there is only one bread company that exists commercially. If you're going to, not going to make your own, it is foods for it's food for life. Right. Food for life makes an entire line of breads, English muffins, tortillas, all sorts of stuff, cereal. Yeah. They cook 
They bake with no oil. You buy Rudy's organic whole wheat bread that's got good ingredients, but guess what? You read the ingredient list, oil. Doesn't matter what kind it is. Mm. Once you've cooked that oil, that oil becomes rancid. It does. And now, guess where that oil, rancid oil goes? It Mm. coats the liver with all the rest of the garbage oil that the poor thing's trying to deal with. So in other words, if you don't have good fat, you cannot produce more bile. If you're not producing enough bile and you don't have enough good fiber in your diet, Mm. you need both good fat to produce more bile, and you need good fiber to basically take the toxins into the toilet. Now, let's talk about fibers, because that's also a confusing thing. We have have water-soluble fiber, like psyllium husks, and we have the non- we have the roughage fiber. We have the non-soluble fibers. Right. What, when, when do people take what? Okay. The best rule of thumb yeah. is if you're eating a diet that has seven to eight servings of fresh fruits and vegetables a day, yeah. you don't have to think about it. Okay. The job is done for you. Mother Nature and the good Lord have well taken care of your fiber problem. But if you're trying to do it by eating at McDonald's, and then taking your fiber products because you think that's going to work, it's, it's very unlikely that you're going to ever come with the balance that you need because it's going to vary day to day. See, that's the problem, Jacobus, yeah. is that we're trying to, we're trying to um, put a number to everything we do. And you can't do that because not only is your body changing, but what you eat is changing. Now right. you say, oh no, I'm going to eat the same thing day in and day out. That is the worst thing you can do because we got, here we are in Boston. Our life is not the same. Every exactly. Day. But yeah. look at this. Here, all right, you know, I grew up in Florida where, you know, people say, well, every day is the same. The weather was pretty much, I mean, we had winter and it got, it could get down to 30 and the frost. Yeah. But basically, up here, you've got, you know, the same uh, range. You know, in Florida, when I was a kid, we'd have days where it was, be 28 to 30. Now they don't have that anymore. And the high would be 90. So that would yeah. be a 60 degree different. Sure. You could have a 60 degree different here also. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But the point is when you have the 60 degree different up north, you're going to have snow, ice and things like that with the cold, whereas we didn't have that in Florida. Okay. Well, the bottom line is what grows during the winter mm. and what grows during the spring and summer are completely different. You bet. So are you going to eat the same thing 365, 20? No. no, there's no way. Your body wasn't designed to do that. Right. So in other words, if you're trying to take the same fiber product every single day and eat the same McDonald's breakfast and lunch and dinner, there's no way you can be healthy because your microbiome is changing with the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not eating seasonal food, like for example, science now shows, and you know, the thing that's interesting, Jacobus, is I knew Bernard Jensen. I wow. was lucky to know him. Yeah. You know, I also took a workshop with Hannah Kroger before oh, yeah. she passed away. Now she yeah. was a character. I'm sure she, she was. was like four eleven. Really? She was. Uh, she was a small little woman, but I mean, she was powerful. And I remember when you took her her workshop. It was like two weeks long. She would walk up to you and she'd take her her hand and she'd grab your wrist or something very gently and she'd. She'd like that, you know, move things around. She was looking for your pulse, okay, okay. Your, yeah. your, your Chinese pulse. <laughs> sure, sure, you know? sure. And she would go like that, and she'd go, uh-huh, uh-huh, 
uh-huh. And then she'd tell you exactly what you've been eating. And you'd say, whoa, how did she know that? Really? Well, she was in tune. Wow. She was really in tune. Wow. And, she, and then she'd invariably say, you know, you shouldn't be eating that. Yeah. <laughs> wow, of course. So, you know, but the point was, is she understood the natural rhythm. Right. You know, Bernard Jensen understood the natural rhythm. Mm-hmm. Hippocrates 20, 2,500 years ago understood mm-hmm. the natural rhythm. Mm-hmm. People don't realize in Western society that hip, the Hippocratic Oath and what now it's called, the, the, you know, it, it, now it's really Hippocrates. I mean, it's hypocritical oath because, I mean, there's only one medical school that still asks people to take the hip, Hippocrates Oath because right. they realize it's, 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 yeah. it's ridiculous. Well, all of those people, Hannah Kroger, Bernard Jensen, you know, Linus Pauling, Linus Pauling, yeah. every single one of them was originally based on original Ayurveda, which is the original medical system of the world. And it dates back to probably 10,000 years ago. Well, even longer. I thought it was five. But yeah, it, it, it could be longer than that. Anyway, yeah. It's older yeah. than we are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the bottom line is this is what's fascinating is here you're looking at thousands of years ago and they understood with the same thing that our science is now quantifying, which is really amazing when you think about it. You know, they understood the emotion, the the molecules of emotions 10,000 years ago. Today, we're just starting to rediscover that because we have the science to understand it. Now, back then, they understood it from an intuitive perception. They didn't have to have the science. That makes sense. You know, and so the bottom line is this, that if we cannot get ourself in harmony with the natural cycles, our gut's not going to work well. It's just mm-hmm. that simple. Mm-hmm. So do you eat the same thing every day, 365 days? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ayurveda and even Hippocrates talked about the fact that in the wintertime, it's cold. Basically, no matter where you are, it's going to be colder or wetter yes. than other times of the year. Right. So when it's like that, that's when you are going to store more fat because that's what the bears do. They True. store food for when there's no food around. Yeah. Okay. So that's when you're going to eat you know, the soups and the stews and so on and so forth mm-hmm. so to build up. Yeah. And that's when it's fine. To, if that's you're, what you feel. Yeah, you that's feel what like you feel. It. And yeah. if, if, you're, if, you're, you know, if you're a meat eater, that's the time to eat some meat because... You, but you want to make sure you're eating organic, grass-fed meat. You know, you not not the garbage that's been in a pen eating garbage. That's you know, right. that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, yeah. So, but then come fall, well, what are you going to do? I mean, springtime. Yes. Well, springtime is the time that you start cleansing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you're used to eating the soups and the stews, you don't want to be eating the soups and the stews in the spring. You want to now be eating, like for example, if you look at the woods. The deers, what are the deers doing? The deers are now digging into the ground and they're going for the dandelion roots, the burdock roots, you know, the, that are naturally occurring there. Yeah. And they will, they can dig with their, their, their roofs and they'll eat that stuff and they don't kill the plant because the deep root is farther down. Okay. Yeah. And they'll come back. Uh-huh. But that's what they're eating. Now, here's the thing that's fascinating, Jacobus. When that deer eats those dandelion fresh greens and the roots, Mm -hmm. those things act as brooms that go through the intestinal tract. And you know how we have those little villi in our small intestine that that do the absorption of the nutrients? Mm -hmm. Those get coated because of 
you know, the heavier dense foods like the nuts and the seeds that the animals have been eating or the meat that we've been eating, whatever. And so those things, those dandelion roots and stuff, they act as a broom that go through there and actually sweep away the debris that has been accumulated over those winter months. And then what comes out in the springtime? The berries, you know, the cherries, you know, and, and then the fruits follow. So basically, cher- ber- berries and cherries are incredible uh, detoxifiers. I see. They act as brooms. So right now, here we, we haven't hit summer yet, okay, because we're having the, the cycle of the warm day and then the Feel, cold day. Feels like it today. Hey, yeah, wait till tomorrow. <laughs> we're going to be saying, where's my coat? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put another fire on the— Oh, boy. I know. It's crazy, right? It is crazy. So, so in any event, so obviously if it's cold tomorrow, you know, it's fine. Yeah, make some soup. Yeah. You know, in other words, because you got to go with the season. Yeah, yeah, and if yeah. you're eating berries today, don't go eating a, a 12-ounce steak today because it's going to be 85 degrees and your body's going to say, wait a second here. I yes. want some blueberries. Yeah. Don't, give me, don't give me that steak. Correct. You know, so we have to be more in tune with the natural cycles. So in other words, the roots of the dandelion, the roots of the burdock, the berries and the cherries, which are, I mean, we were just in... Uh, a state park in Seattle, Washington, yeah. outside of, of uh, Federal Way. And there were salmon berries everywhere. Okay. Okay. So we went, we walked down this path, and we were picking salmon berries and eating them. Because, I mean, that's what the bears would do. Yes. You know, there weren't any bears right now, yeah. so we weren't taking the food from them. Uh. But the point is, they are being provided by nature because nature understands that those are going to scrub mm-hmm. your small intestine. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then... If you notice in the springtime, you get all these fluorescent greens growing. I mean, they're like bright. Right. Those are the greens that provide not only the antioxidants and the, the polyphenols, but the other types of scrubbers that help to also scrub those villi and intestines. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you're doing all that, then by the time summer comes, mm-hmm. you know, summer's the time when you've got the peaches and the nectarines and all the fresh fruits, the watermelons, the you know all the melons out. Correct. That's not the time to put a another pork chop on the Barbie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it I mean, isn't. No, it is not, <laughs> because your body is now in the production of let's eat fruit. I remember as a child. I don't know if you remember this, but I specifically remember this as a child having a picnic, and all I really wanted to eat was the watermelon. You know, I mean, it was like 95 degrees. I didn't yeah. want to eat the hamburgers right. they were you cooking. You want something cold. You want right. something that has a lot of fluid, yeah. you know, and a lot of enzymes. And so I would eat all that stuff, you yeah. know, yeah. and yeah. you'd nibble on the hamburger, but that didn't really even agree with you, yeah. you know? And so, so, so the summertime is not when you go have the 12 ounce, you don't go to Outback Steak or Sizzler and have your 14 ounce steak then. Okay, that's that's not appropriate. You'll come out with indigestion. Guaranteed, yes. because your your stomach is not designed to work at that point. Right, right, right. But in the wintertime, you can handle more of that. Now, here's an interesting piece of trivia, talking about how the body works. I'm sure a lot of people, you guys, I'm sure you have some Sizzlers or Outback Steakhouses or some kind of... We have an Outback. We don't have a Sizzler. Okay, Outback Steakhouse. Uh-huh. If you ever go to an Outback Steakhouse, and I've experienced this because we used to have, we used to go to these after these trade shows, yeah, yeah. you know, you try and, what am I going to eat, you know? Yeah, well, they, they have the same menu, 365. They do. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So basically, if you have to go to the bathroom, especially a female, female walks into the bathroom and almost invariably... 
they will notice an ammonia smell. Huh. And they'll say, whoa, okay, well, obviously someone just came in to clean the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. uh, afraid not. That ammonia smell is from the urine that people have been in there releasing. Wow. But here's the deal. Your body has to stay slightly alkaline. If your bloodstream doesn't stay just slightly alkaline. Yeah. In fact, do you know, I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with it. Do you know what the condition is called, Jacobus? If your blood gets a little bit too alkaline or a little bit too acidic off of this, this narrow range, you know what that's called? I thought you called it imbalanced. No, it's not imbalanced. It's called death. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> in other words, you check out fast. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. so we another, just had a lecture about it. Okay, uh, where we talked about uh, yeah. balance. Yeah, so you so you go to an Outback Steakhouse, okay? Yeah. And typically, someone will go in there and they'll start off with the fried mushroom or the fried onion. You know that big thing. What's yeah, it yeah, called? The, the blooming, onion? The, the blooming, blooming onion. onion. Okay, a nice ball of grease. Okay? Yeah, it and, is. And you eat that, and then you have your twelve, fourteen, or if you're really hungry, you have your sixteen ounce T-bone. Yeah, or the filet mignon with no bone. Correct. You, know, you don't. Why yeah. waste the bone? You yeah, know, it's like of course. you know, why and, pay for all the extra weight? Exactly, exactly. Okay, so you eat that, and of course, you know, uh, you have a stuffed baked potato with that, and a and, beer, and a beer, and then there might be a piece of lettuce on the plate that's that doesn't look too fresh. You know, it's like, well, yeah, I'm not going to eat that. You know, and then for dessert, you have a nice, healthy piece of chocolate cheesecake. Wash that down with a cup of coffee, and maybe if you're really don't have to go to work the next day, you might even have a little brandy. Yes. Okay, you have just consumed a meal that is 100% high acid. No alkaline, nothing, because you didn't even bother eating that piece of lettuce, which probably wasn't <laughs> alkaline, let's face it. I mean, that probably that probably didn't see the word fresh for a that month. That was the one thing that did not look appetizing. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, in other words, your body is now, you know, like flooded with all this acid. Yeah. Now, the poor female... Yeah. Most females have gone to the doctor and they've said, doctor says, well, you know, you've got a lot of bone loss and so you need to be on Fosamex. You know, Fosamex is the drug of choice because Fosamex keeps the body yeah. from stealing calcium. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? Do you know what the side effects of calcium, the side effects of, of Fosamex listed are? If you look on their own sheet? Bone loss. No. You could die. No, bone loss is one of them. Well, right, bone lose, loss, yeah. right, you could have a broken bone. But, sure. if you, but I mean, you could also die because yeah. your body gets so out of balance that it can't even possibly go back to neutral again. I see. So in other words, when you go into that, so in other words, that body that is so acid from that Outback Steakhouse meal, you don't have the, where does the body normally get the, the alkaline minerals? The alkaline minerals it chooses are sodium and potassium. So where's the sodium and potassium come from? Fruits and vegetables. Yes. Okay, so if you don't eat a diet that's rich in fruits and vegetables, guess what? The body has to go find another mineral to act in balance. Well, what mineral is it going to choose? Calcium, because that's the biggest mineral you have in your body. So that's called instant osteoporosis or bone loss. Wow. So when you start having that kind of acid buildup from that heavy garbage meal you just had, yeah. the human body, because it has an amazing propensity to keep you alive, mm -hmm. will produce a small amount of ammonia. Ammonia is extremely alkaline. So a little ammonia will balance out that Outback Steakhouse meal. So, hey, you're, you're good to go. You I know, it, it, you didn't I check see. out. So, but, so it is not from the uh, asparagus. And it's not from the cleaner. 
Okay. You're right. It's from your own system. Because asparagus, often when you eat asparagus, your, your yep. urine it, smells like ammonia. Yeah, as well. it does. Yeah. Asparagus does have some ammonia in it. Right. But you'd have to eat a pound of asparagus to get the kind of ammonia effect to balance. I see. So that's the problem that now you've gone into this acid, you know, this, but you can't, your body can't keep making alkaline or ammonia because too much ammonia would kill you. Yes, yes. So, yes. I mean, it's really a nasty game, but it just shows you how much the body is trying to keep you alive. Huh, huh. It's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. It is. Yeah. I mean, the, the red light goes on in your car. Yes, you bet. And guess what? The way we treat our body, if we did the same thing to our car, we'd say, okay, engine light on red. I think I'm just going to pull that light bulb out so it doesn't bother yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. That's take, what we do to our sticky body. sticky tape, yes. Yeah, so the red light comes in our body. Oh, I don't feel so good. Well, I'll just take an aspirin. I'll feel better, you know? Yes. We don't listen to the red lights. But, man, the red light comes on in our car. We're out. We're at the garage ASAP. Yes. So, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a nasty game. Awesome. <laughs> great analogy, great stories. Dr. Michael Wolfelt. My guest this morning on Gesundheit with Jacobus. We will be right back. Don't forget to breathe while you're listening to Gesundheit with Jacobus. Good morning, caller. Thanks for joining the program today. What's your name? How can we help you, please? This is the failed experiment. The failed experiment? Yeah, oh. you see, the person on this very program said that microwaving food in liquids is bad for your gut. If you microwave water and give it to a plant, it'll wither and die. It will. So being an experimenter, I got my friend who has a microwave, which I've never had, to see the proof of the pudding. And I gave them to a small plant, something I've always had in my house for years. And he watered one with microwave water and one with tap water. After a few months, there was no difference. Now, how toxic do you really think microwaving is? Well, I can tell you one thing. There's only one thing that a microwave is good for, and that is if you've got one of those hot packs that you put on your shoulder, you know, like if you get a sprain or something, oh, yes. you, put that, you put that in the microwave, stand as far away like another room when you turn the <laughs> stupid thing on, and, and, and warm, up the, uh, warm up that hot pack, and that's perfect use of a microwave. But make sure you're – I would even leave the house. Well, you turn the thing on. I mean, it's incredibly <laughs> toxic, the energy that comes out of that thing, and they should be banned. Um, and what really, what really gets my goat is how many natural health food stores you walk into that have deli operations. Unbelievable. And they have a microwave right there. They got it at the co-op. Yeah. I and, was totally surprised. Well, the thing said, is, can you guys heat it up for but me? You know what? I'll tell you a microwave. What's, what's interesting is I actually asked the the talk to the people at the store we have a chain down in the city i live there's four chains called jimbo's it's a nice store i mean it's really scoop they even mark their gmo products and things like that yes and uh they basically said well you know the problem is oh thank the problem is is that basically uh people want this stuff you know they want the microwave they want the the ease of being able to heat up something and they don't care that they're destroying the food right they're buying some they're buying organic soup it, that's cold, it's a refrigerator, and they're going to put it in a microwave. I mean, it's like having your foot on the gas and the brake pedal at the same time. Well, how, how, how lazy have we become? Oh, totally lazy. That we cannot <laughs> turn on the stove and just warm it up slowly, do something else. It's crazy. Yeah. But that's, that's the problem. And so, yeah, you know, you know, at best, at best, other than heating up a hot pack, there's no purpose of having it. In fact, you, know, you can do an experiment yourself, and this is a good experiment. 
Well, he did a good experiment. Well, he no, said he gave he. Why, Daniel? You microwaved uh, the water and gave it to a plant, and the plant died, right? No, no, no. You got just the opposite. Uh, the oh. plant that was getting tap water and the one that got microwave water grew the same amount. So that. that okay. Well, here's the work. here's what here's the test you can do for maybe yourself. Maybe the microwave is broke. Yeah, maybe they are. Here's, <laughs> but here's the test you can do: is you can take two identical tea bags that come out of the same box. Yeah. Okay. And you put one in each of two cups. One cup, you boil water on a stove, preferably a gas stove, not an electric stove, gas stove. Yeah. And when that comes to a boil, you pour that into the tea, into the cup. Okay. Yeah. The other one, you bo- come to a boil in a microwave oven. And after that comes to a boil, you pour that in. You let them both steep the same five minutes. And then you sip both of those teas. I will guarantee you that they will taste different because I've actually experienced this. Yeah. So the point is, is that, you know, we're talking about radiation that is not in harmony with the human body. Mm-hmm. Even the people that make microwaves know that. They even tell you, don't stand in front of this thing when you turn it on. Yeah. The microwave manufacturer says that. Yeah. Says that right on the thing. So they know that the thing is out of tune with our metabolism. Yes. So, I mean, that, that's the bottom line. Go ahead, Daniel. All right, yeah, well, let me get something in, uh, and then I'll go. Uh, yeah, I've been a leading voice against canola at the co-op, so I agree with you on that. And they finally sent the guy that ordered it, and he said, organic canola is just fine. We're going to use it. Sometimes over half the hot bar is canola. Yeah. But there's a book, a hot book out called Medical Medium, and he said, Fermenting is just practical way from the past to prevent decay. It has little or no health benefits. It, it's only the, the dead bacteria in it is quickly digested and rejected. So you say you carry fermented foods around with you. Do you think that's healthy? Well, you know, there's a lot of opinions out there. It's amazing. Fermented foods have been around since the beginning of time. They had to. They had to. Because, because there, was no, there was no stores, no refrigeration. There was no refrigeration. Yeah. We tr- we're, we're on about a six-week tr- uh, business trip right now, and we camp. We hate hotels and motels. My wife brings fermented sauerkraut and fermented vegetables. We make raw milk kefir when we can get raw milk. It doesn't need refrigeration. Okay, so if forget forget whether you know whatever science now says about it's good bacteria, it's dead bacteria, it doesn't matter. The fact is, is that scientists in Russia who have been doing fermented foods longer than we have show that fermented foods actually are one of the best things to produce friendly bacteria in your colon. You're not eating it because. You're not eating it for the purpose of putting bacteria in your colon. You're eating the fermented foods because they act as a fertilizer to help your body produce the friendly bacteria. And that's what, that's what science now shows. In fact, there's lots of products out there. You know, we have glyphosate. You know, everyone knows what glyphosate is, you know, yeah. courtesy of Monsanto. That is an incredible toxin that actually destroys friendly bacteria in your gut. Lock, stock, and barrel. And it's almost omnipresent in our world today. I mean, it's in the air. You know, they're just, they they spray it on non-GMO wheat because it helps them harvest the wheat. I mean, it's really, it's Monsanto is the evil empire as far as I'm concerned. But the bottom line is, is you're not eating fermented foods 
for the bacteria in the fermented foods. You're acting, you're eating them because they act as the fertilizer that helps your body create the friendly bacteria that then helps to produce more bile as long as you've got some good fiber coming in too and some good fat. And so then you actually become a good detoxifier. So in other words, you've got to have all these things working in harmony, which people did, you know, 150 years ago. You know, Jacobus, it was really interesting. I think we might have mentioned this two years ago. I don't remember. But there was an English scientist back in 1895 or something like that. His name yeah. was Dr. King. And he was very well known in England. Mm-hmm. And he actually heard that the Chinese... And this is before, you know, the revolution. And basically, sure. China was a, a, a big agrarian society, no cities to speak of. And so he heard that Chinese people had honeypots. And the honeypot was a basket that collected human waste. Okay. And they would take this fresh human waste, and they would put it on their fields that they oh. were growing. Mm-hmm. And so he said, this got to be awful. This this got to be a way to produce a lot of diseases. Right. And so he went to China with his equipment. Yeah. And of course, back then they knew what E. coli was. They knew what salmonella. They knew was basic. They knew they didn't have names for it, but they knew the good. Well, people were the, dying of diseases. Exactly. So they had to do research. Yeah. Right? So they knew the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so he took samples of the finished produce that they were eating. He took samples of the dirt. He took samples of the stuff that was in the honeypots, and guess what he discovered? There were no pathogens, period, because those people were only eating that food that went in a cycle. In other words, they eat the stuff, then that stuff ended up in the toilet, and then they put it back on the plants. Yeah. So yeah, in other yeah. words, that was the problem. But you've, you've, been, you've been to England or to Germany, you know, they had the plague before. Those people were already eating white flour, you know, they were already eating processed foods that basically destroy the friendly bacteria. Right. So it's right, not right. like you have to eat the – it's not like you're trying to eat good bacteria. You're trying to eat things that, pro, that allow your body to produce the good bacteria. Mm. That's really what it's mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Okay, right, Daniel. Well, here's one thing, and then I definitely will go. Okay. Uh, I'll hang up after this. Anthony William, who wrote Medical Medium. He said he has nothing particularly against fermented food, but he said a warning sign, if you fart and bloat, that suggests it's not working for you. So that is idea. Okay, well, actually, to answer that, Daniel, the, the trick is, is Ayurveda actually teaches that with every meal, you should have some small condiment amount of fermented foods ah. until you get used to it. So you do not have a huge... 18-ounce plate of sauerkraut. If you have an 18-ounce plate of sauerkraut, even if you have a good digestion, you're going to be passing a lot of gas. I see. <laughs> and you won't be invited to a party. Well, <laughs> but it is the same with uh, a lot of green food. Exactly. If you, eat, if you eat a lot of green powder, spirulina, chlorella, all the green... Yeah, it gives you gas, too. gives you a lot of gas. Right. You have to be- get used to it. Because it's cleaning you out. Yes. So anytime you're going to do something that, you always start with small condiment yeah. amounts and gradually increase it. Yes. You know? I mean, and the other thing that, that, that we can talk about a little bit more is one of the things that's imperative with getting the body into a detox mode is so many people today 
unfortunately, have conditioned themselves to needing to eat six meals a day. Yeah. You know, they eat every few hours. So mm-hmm. in other words, they, they got to carry the food with them. Mm-hmm. They run out of food, they're in trouble. Okay, mm-hmm. that means they have highly unstable blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Okay, what you're trying to do and what the naturopathic approach is and the Ayurvedic approach is, you want to get to the point where you are able to live on three meals a day where your energy in the morning and your energy at 7 o'clock at night are about the same, that you're not having the highs and lows of blood sugar, Mm -hmm. and that you can get to the point eventually of just having two meals a day. In fact, Ayurveda teaches that if you have three meals a day, you're considered a rogi. Two meals a day, you're considered a bogey. And one meal a day, you're considered a yogi. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, they say if if you're a rogi, you might as well be dead. <laughs> so three meals a day is a rogi? Is a rogi. How would you spell a rogi? Well, R-O-G-I. R-O-G-I. In other words, you're, you're close to dead. You're in the hospital and they're feeding you more bad food. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, is that you want to get to the point of having stable blood sugar. That's why people are so conditioned to having these six meals a day. Yeah. And they need the six meals a day because their gut's not working. So they've got to be constantly putting something in to keep the blood sugar stable. Yeah, but it's so interesting because I know people who never eat a meal. They look healthy. They feel healthy. Have plenty of energy, but they literally just graze all day. Yeah. And I and I say too, if that works for you, I understand. Do it. But keep in mind that naturally speaking, we have never been in a more luxurious lifestyle than we are today that stores are open 24 7 if you need food you can go get it any place and you go back 100 150 years ago people you most of the day was spent on where is my next food coming from so you worked on the food you prepared the food you sat together and eat the food right today People want faster food. They want the food now. They want to graze. They got, you can buy it at any time at a gas station, at a grocery store, at a health food store. You can get your food. And that gives us, in a way, a lot more free time. But and Jacobus, then people don't know what to do with the free time. So they're playing with their phones right, but and Jacobus, they go on the computer. One thing that you just said, though, is you say, okay, you can get food you know, anytime you want. Anytime. Place. But there's a problem here. You can't get food because most of the stuff we're getting isn't food. Well, sure. I yeah. understand what you're saying. But if you want to satisfy your hunger, right. that, that's maybe a different satisfy way of saying Satisfy your it. mouth. Yeah. And I see people and they're, they're, they're skinny and they, they lose weight and they feel great. And I say that it's something, it just doesn't add up. No. And, then, and then you hear people talk about, like Dr. Marcola has been really strong on this, about the intermittent fasting. So now I see people that say we eat at 10 in the morning and we eat at 6 at night and that's it. Then we fast till 10 in the morning. So we eat all whatever we're eating in right. those eight hours. Well, the thing that's interesting what is, is what is good or what is not good about well, something here's the, like here's that. Well, here's the thing. You've got, you, you, you got to go with nature. Forget what the – see, what, all Merc- these rules. Mercola's trying to – Mercola, a lot of these people are very intellectual. Okay? Yeah. They're trying to, there's no doubt. Intermittent fasting is, is where it's at. However – you got to look at, all right, where is your digestion strongest in your body? The digestion historically, and you can find this yourself, is between about noon and 2, two to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That's when it's strongest. So if you're going to eat heavy mo- a heavy meal, that's when to have the heavy meal. 
people who have a heavy meal like in, first thing in the morning when they first get up, that's crazy because your digestion is not prepared to deal with it. And so it sits in your stomach trying to be digested. And then so you're, you, let's say you had bacon and eggs for breakfast. And then a couple hours later, you're having a cheeseburger and some fries. And it's like, oh, my God, you know, the liver saying, oh, excuse me. Uh, are, are, are we? If you if you consulted me, what you're doing to me? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And then and then a few hours later, but then we have a snack in between because our blood sugar, you know, just Drops. went down. Yes. And so we're having a Snickers bar at three o'clock in the afternoon, and then we have dinner at five thirty, six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock. Yeah. And the liver has never a chance to detoxify. So you're going twenty four seven, requiring your digestive system to constantly be working. So ideally, what you want to do is have something light for breakfast, like some fruit. You know, I mean, I'm not saying you always have to do this, but you want to try and be light in the morning when you first get up and have your heaviest meal between, say, noon and two o'clock in the afternoon, because that's what that's what science now shows is when our digestion is working the best. That's when you have the most fire going on. So if you're going to have a big meal at six o'clock at night, and you're really going to do that, you better be taking some enzymes with it because your, your digestion is now, it, it's now trying to rest so it gives your liver chance. But if you're going to pump and put all that stuff in, you could take a whole bottle of enzymes and it's not going to be enough to help you digest that heavy meal you just had. Mm. So even the word supper means sup or soup. You know, yes. in other words, have something light. Interesting. Yeah. And so then you're by and try and eat your last meal around five o'clock rather than seven thirty eight nine o'clock. Well, breakfast is break your fast. Exactly. And so this way you you get to the point where you become a bogey by having two meals a day, a light breakfast, a big meal at lunch. And so now let's say you've you've had the, your big meal say at one thirty two o'clock. You now have from two o'clock in the afternoon all the way till say seven or eight the next morning that your liver is going to be able to detoxify. And what does that mean? That means you're actually, for the first time, going to become a fat burner. You're not going to be a carbohydrate burner because if you keep having a snack every, every few hours, no matter what you do, you're going to be a carbohydrate burner because carbohydrates burn easier than fat does. Sure. So you want to get to the point where you are a fat burner because the fat is what stores those toxins. And so you've got to be able to burn that fat to be able to release those toxins. But you can't release the toxins if your digestion system isn't working well, if your gallbladder is not producing enough bile. In other yes. words, you've got to have fire. You've got to be able to cook the food right. that's in your stomach before you can detoxify. Okay. Well, you bring up an interesting point, uh, the, uh, the fact that, like, Macola is so scientific yeah. and and I understand all that. I personally, last time I saw a video of Macola, I was worried. You know, I didn't think he looks very good lately. <laughs> no, I'm so serious. I, I totally agree with you. He I, looks like a skeleton. He looks like a skeleton. Yeah. And 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 gaunt. Yeah. Almost. Totally. So, <laughs> but maybe he feels great. I don't know. I don't but, know if but he does. Now, but but when you do, when you look at uh, when you looked at, at fat burning, now the whole ketogenic principle. Has become has been sprouting everywhere. Everybody goes keto. Yeah. And what are your? I mean, we're coming close to a break here, but let can we talk about that a little bit about some of those diets? Because I realize that you have always been somebody proposing whole wholesome food. Right. Whole foods, 
non-GMO, all that stuff. And, and it has worked for you and your wife. Right. And that is something that with the company Pure Planet that you're a spokesperson for and an educator for, you you have always talked about that and also always wholesome food. Yeah, I was uh, supposed to be dead 30 years ago, so I'm doing something right. You are doing something <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> totally true. But th- for me, it is just one of those things I want to understand the the whole um, well let's uh, talk about the keto diet the paleo yeah, all yeah the paleo that, that we understand that a little bit more because it all has to do with the gut I mean right. all whatever put you put in your mouth it still has to go through the gut they all have value but they all have problems too so you have to understand how to use them well yeah and that is that is something I wanna I wanna wanna understand better and again. These are different options for different people. Many people feel good on them, but not everybody feels good on them. And I want people to understand how you can... Well, the bottom line is, the keto diet can be helpful for a short term. If you're using it long term... We gotta go. It's bad. Good. It's like changing diapers in your brain. This is Gesundheit with Jacobus. Dr. Michael Wolfeld with me, naturopathic physician from uh, California who's touring on a six-week tour through part of the nation and where he has his kind of has his own stops where he lectures, where he does a radio show like with me today. Yeah, good morning, Michael. Good morning, Jacobus. Great to have you back. Always a pleasure. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> uh, you sure have a lot of stories to tell. <laughs> we don't even need caffeine. <laughs> I... <laughs> Okay, let me pull the IV drip out right, here. Exactly. <laughs> so, okay, well, that solves the problem. Yeah. Um, no, it's wonderful to have you with us. And I know you're traveling through. You're going to Helena next. And then after Helena, where are you going? Havre. Haver. 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 And then? No matter. You're, you're making it into the Dakotas? Or no, actually, then we're going through. We're going to hopefully visit uh, Glacier National Park on our oh, way nice. back to Kalispell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, believe it or not, a friend of ours who lives halfway between Kalispell and Missoula, he was born on a farm there. He lives down in California with us. He's been there for almost 40 years. Yeah. He comes up here every year. For His brother still lives up here. They had a a hundred acre farm yeah and uh so this is the first year we're going to be here at the same time so we're going to go visit him and see where he was born which oh, is because he's wonderful. he's 80 years old now so it's yeah. he's still he's still pretty active so it should be fun yes of course and then we go from there down to wyoming and do some store tours and, you know yeah. basically and finally get home <laughs> yes well what special that you do that hopefully no uh, blizzards this time no that's true now uh, pure planet is a company you work for uh, you're not the owner right? no you're no. the you're the, educa- the national educator i've director. owned th- i've owned things before and i'm done i've done that done you know i'm done with that yeah but you have you have been with uh, pure planet for quite a while yeah 20 years this, this actually no this, yeah 20 years wow yeah and the reason i'm with pure planet it's but you know it's interesting because it's still a family-run company. And yeah. like any family, you know, we're probably dysfunctional at times, but that's okay. Sure. You know, but the bottom line is, is the industry, in fact, the world today has become, you know, they say we live in the United Corporations of America. Yeah. You know, there's very few small companies left anymore. They've yeah. all been bought out. I mean, I remember when one major company um, was uh, in the supplement industry, which, you know, I worked with them years ago when they first started back in the 80s. I mean, it was a, it was a nice little company. Yeah. About, I don't know, a couple of years ago, it got bought out by Procter & Gamble. Yeah. I mean, that's a chemical company. Yeah, that's you know? a new chapter. Yeah. yeah. And, and basically, 
I walked into a store and the and the, the person who was the manager of the store educated me and said, oh, did you hear that New Chapter was bought out by Procter & Gamble? I said, oh, no, I didn't. When did that happen? I said, you've you got to be joking. And yeah. they said, no, it's true. I said, where'd you find that out? And they said, oh, the rep came in and told me. Yeah. And I said, well, what did the rep say? He said, oh, the rep said, you know, everything's going to remain the same. Nothing's going to change. That's what they said. And uh, so I said, well, what do you think of that? And, 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 and this lady with a smile, she said, well, what do you think the rep's going to say? <laughs> 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 to keep the job, That's right? To right. keep the job. So the bottom line is, is now who bought Nestle bought somebody, somebody also. Oh, they've all not, bought. Everyone's bought everybody. It's not Garden of Life, is it? I mean, uh, not Garden of No. Maybe no. the thing is, is you know who owns more food companies than almost anyone else is Philip Morris. Really? People, yeah, people say, well, Philip Morris, I say, you know, you got to stay away from Philip Morris, Archer Daniel Midlands, Kraft Co. And they say, well, I don't smoke. And I say, well, you know, Philip Morris saw the handwriting on the wall years ago, and cigarettes represents the smallest piece of their business. They're not into Marlboro country mm. anymore. They own now something like 30 food companies. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So in other words, we've got these mega, you know, food companies where the board of directors get together, and they're not talking about quality. They're talking about profit and bottom line. Yes. And so, I mean, that, that, you know, when you're talking about the supplement industry, for 20 years, for 25 years, Pure Planet has been making products without binders, fillers, excipients, and all that kind of stuff. You know, you go, you go to any store, I don't care, even your store. You know, it's like you can't, if you had a store that was squeaky, squeaky clean, it wouldn't be that big. It'd be the size of this room, you know, because you got to have things that people want. But the bottom line is, is that, you know, products contain things like magnesium stearate, silicon dioxide, microcrystal and cellulose. Well, magnesium stearate is hydrogenated vegetable oil. You buy a yeah, box of this stuff. Yeah, but they don't put it on. Uh, they, what I've been told is that they simply, if you capsulate these, uh, your capsules, you know, you've got to capsulate them, that goes so fast once they say we're going to make this batch to keep it all as fresh as they can, they simply have to use magnesium stearate so the vegetable capsules pop right out and don't get stuck in the machine. All right, you want to hear the, the facts? Because we do our own manufacturing, and okay. we manufacture for a lot of other people. All right. Like, for example, if you're, if you're running something that's sticky, like, say, spirulina or wheat germ, sure. you know, that's sticky. Okay. If you run that with no magnesium stearate and you run it in a slow German tabletting machine, yeah. on a good day, you can run 50,000 tablets an hour. And it's going to, after about eight hours, it's going to take you about six hours to clean the equipment because it gets all gummed up. Okay. okay. Now, if you put 3.2% magnesium stearate in that spirulina or that wheat germ powder. Okay. Now, instead of running 50,000 tablets an hour, you can run 500,000 tablets an hour. So, in other words, the cost goes way down because it doesn't stick. And after after running six hours, it takes you 20 minutes to clean the equipment. So that's the problem. The problem is it's a, it's a question of economics, that unless you are willing to pay the money for more labor to produce this, see, this is the thing, you know, money's, you know, talk is cheap. And people can always twist things to make it sound like, oh, everything's okay. Yeah. Well, the bottom line is the FDA says you use less than 2% of magnesium stearate you don't have to put it on your label yeah but i okay so i mean but i'm I, just saying I can, I can see that that yeah. is practical but then indeed like you say you might as well have two shelves of products because right that's exactly much all. so you gotta you still gotta have stuff that in that will help people but the bottom line is this 
No matter what we're putting in our body, whether it be pure planet or garden of life or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. If we're not eating a diet that's organic food, that's fresh fruits and vegetables, you know, whole grains, grass fed, grass fed, yeah, all that stuff. It doesn't matter the supplements we're taking. If you're going to go to McDonald's and you're going to still eat the junk and you think you're going to take a few pills and everything's going to be fine, it won't be. You know, it's just that simple. You know, there was was a guy back in the, I guess what, the early 1900s. His name was Sandow. And he was Sandow, S-A-N-D-O-W. That was his last name. Sandow. And he was considered the... Didn't he make watches? No, <laughs> he was. I thought it was. I had a Sandow watch. No, but he was considered. He was considered the strongest bodybuilder there was. Because I mean, he could like lift. You know, I mean, huge amount. He could lift a yeah. car up by himself. You know, at the age of thirty-eight, he drops dead of a heart attack because he wasn't taking care of his the internal part of his body. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is really what it's about: is that you've got to be taking care of things. And whether you take a supplement that's going to help you if you're out of balance or you're going to even take a drug because you're out of balance, yes. some of those things can be very helpful temporarily, but you still want your diet to be primarily what is the nutritional powerhouse that's fueling you yes. to help you keep going. Whether it has magnesium stearate, a little bit of plastic, those things are insignificant compared to what you're doing on a daily because basis. Because you might as well stop breathing. Exactly. You know, it's the same like you thing. said earlier, we're all breathing in mercury right. from all the coal of yeah. gassing and, and all so that stuff. And so if we're not doing something that's going to help our bodies detoxify that mercury, yeah. it doesn't matter what we're eating mm-hmm. because, you know, if our gut's not working properly so that we can actually effectively detoxify that mercury and it takes a lot of energy to detoxify mercury it's a it's a it's a tough one to get out of and so if your gallbladder is not working if your liver is not working guess what that mercury is going to keep circulating in your blood and it's going to be lodged in your fat cells where do you have the most fat in your body your brain. brain and so what is alzheimer's alzheimer's is nothing more than the result of a environment that's that's attacked us well yeah well i it's a couple of weeks or last week um the talk was about alzheimer's and i had uh, the executive director from the montana alzheimer's association yeah. or the chapter montana chapter of right. alzheimer's uh, she was one of them uh, one uh, there was also a local guest here who is the activities director the the the, the outreach director yeah. for High, highgate senior living where many people with alzheimer's live or can go um but when I talk about research such as the effect of fluoride on the brain, the effect of the statin drugs on the brain, right. people on statin drugs who bring their cholesterol down and are starting to show symptoms of memory problems, dementia, Of course, because they're eliminating the flat. they got to have cholesterol. Yeah. I, 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 they had a conference here about a month or so, a month and a half ago, a <laughs> gerontology conference, and and I, the, one of the keynote speakers was an, the science director for the Alzheimer's Association. And I called the office, and I tried to get him on. I said, does he want to talk for a half hour, you know, because I know it was going to be busy and probably wouldn't have time. And the guy said, yeah, well, who are you exactly? So I was telling him, and, and it was the secretary, the, the, his assistant. And... This man is going, well, I said, well, I have a health food store, natural food store supplements, but I've done the radio show for almost 18 years, and I focus on the expert. 
And he says, well, we don't believe in alternative medicine. And I said, it's not a question of believing in alternative medicine to be on my show for a half hour. <laughs> you know, it's like, how much can you say or how much can you say wrong? But when I talked to him and he said, well, there is no research. I said, well, there is Jacobus, there is a connection. Me... And he says, there is no research that we have seen that shows that aluminum is, da is, right. is dangerous or cholesterol-lowering drugs are dangerous. And I said, well, hold on a second. This is a very standard answers that you guys are giving. Wait a second. Can I, can I interrupt? No, I want to finish my sentence real quick. Okay. I said, if a doctor tells you, I haven't seen any study of this, he may not be lying. He right. may just simply not have read the study. Exactly. But when he says it this way, you as a patient think. He knows what he's talking about. He says there are no studies. It's not the same as saying, I haven't read the studies. Right. And so that is, in my opinion, what is going on. These people don't want to touch those studies because they're being told what to study, what to read, what to believe, and they're not open for other no, the, the, out there. Because you have to realize these pharmaceutical companies, they're they, powerful. They, they, they pay these people. They dominate these. My, my cousin is a medical doctor, and he's, a, he's an administrator for a hospice, which is good for him because he's, 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 he's outrageous. You know, he's... He doesn't work well. He's gotten fired from too many places because he's so outrageous. But anyhow, in a hospice, they leave you alone. They figure if you want chocolate ice cream, give them chocolate ice cream. If they don't want drugs, don't give them drugs, whatever. Yeah. But he says he still, as a medical doctor, has at least two or three pharmaceutical reps call on him a month, you know, with their, with their, their, their wares. Yes. And even though it's illegal, these salespeople will offer my cousin memberships the golf clubs. Mm -hmm. And so Eric says with a laugh, he says, now, you know, I don't play golf. I think it's a waste of time. So, you know, but he said, this is illegal. They're, they, they're not supposed to be doing that. Sure. He says, but now, you know, I like sailboats. You know, if someone wants to offer me a sailboat, we can talk. <laughs> <laughs> that is always a prize. But let me ask you a question about, this is a good point. Yeah. If you go back to 1490, 1485? I remember that, yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we, we, I think you and I had tea at a coffee <laughs> yeah. shop there. Everyone thought the world was flat. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. That was the gospel. Mm -hmm. The gospel was the world is flat. Guess what? That was the belief. That belief did not make the world flat. Mm -hmm. Okay? So belief in 25 cents does not get you a cup of coffee. In fact, it doesn't even get you in the door. Mm -hmm. So the point is, it doesn't matter what you believe. It's what you know. Mm -hmm. And no means experience. Mm -hmm. So you, if you haven't experienced something, you don't have any information and you shouldn't be given an opinion. Right. And most of these people are giving opinions. Okay. And so that's what you need to realize. Like when I was a kid, when I was four years old, and that doctor said to my parents, well, Mike won't live past the age of 30. That was his opinion. Yes. Now, he I'm, doesn't know the fact. Exactly. Now, I'm, I'm twice... 30 now. Yeah. And you know, wh wh where does that put us? That puts us, does that mean that guy was wrong? No. That means that he was saying that based on the information that he had. He Correct. wasn't a bad guy. No. But he was just going by current research. Correct. Well, current research is not about individuals, it's about the overall everything. And yes. if I'm eating the same garbage that yes. everyone else is eating, I probably would have been dead at 30. Yeah. You know, because one of the features of the condition I have is having small blood vessels. Mm -hmm. So if I'm eating a bunch of junk, I'm going to basically have a bunch of plaque inside my blood vessel. I'm going to stroke out at a young age. Yeah. So I would be dead. Yeah. So this is where we really have to understand. And that's why I tell that story about my own condition is that when you hear something, 
you have to ask the question, is this your experience or is this your opinion based on what you've read or seen from other people? Sure. And if it's just an opinion, that doesn't mean diddly squat. And that's what people have to start realizing. They're, they're listening to people who they think are authorities. Yes. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter who it is. You know, they're all in the same game. I include you and I. Sure. You know, we're giving opinions. and But I always say, okay, I try and when someone asks me a question, I try and say, okay, this is my opinion. It may not be that accurate for you, but this is what I have found for myself. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and people don't like that. They'll say, well, no, tell me how many to take. And I said, well, I can't tell you how many to take. Right. I said, you know, I may weigh 130 pounds, you may weigh 250. You mean that we need the same amount of stuff? Obviously not. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what I had. This is the big, uh, the big problem I had. You remember years ago, eat right for your blood type? You bet. Peter Diamo. That guy was incredible at marketing. I mean, he sold a ton of books. Yes. That book is about as hokey as it gets. Because look at it this way. You're an O-type blood. <laughs> you're an O-type blood in Minnesota. I've worked a lot with people with blood types. It's been uh, a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. And you, you take an O-type person in, 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 in Minnesota. Yeah, sure. And you take an O-type person in Kenya on yeah. the equator. And yeah. you tell me that they have the same nutritional needs. I don't think so. I do believe, though, that when he says, for example, blood type A should not have meat. Right then I think that the condition of a blood type A is simply that they have less stomach acid than a blood type O. Right. But and that, I can see that. Yeah. So take some certain enzymes when you have to eat certain foods right. to make sure that you can digest. But you're better off eating what is conducive to your style. And see, you don't need someone to even tell you what your blood type is. Yeah. If you are in tune with your body, you're going to know what works and what doesn't work. Like, for example, if you are an A type and you eat, you know, five ounces of heavy meat, and it takes you two days before your stomach feels like it's digested it, that's a good sign that probably that's not something you should be eating on a regular basis. Right. You know, right. and so this is the problem. We want someone else to tell us what to do rather than <laughs> you know, trying to tune in to say, okay, what? I mean, you have to realize when we were walking around as cavemen or anything else, we didn't have the website to go to and say, okay, I'm an, what, uh, let's see, I'm an A-type. I better take my blood sugar today to see if I need to take this or that. I mean, we just listened to some guy who says, all right, get a, get a, blood, get a blood sugar meter yeah. and take your blood sugar every yeah. morning. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do, but I mean, you're better off if you can tune in yeah. and know how your blood sugar's operating because you understand how your body works. Sure, sure, sure. That if you need this little meter and you need to punk, you know, bleed. Poke yourself. And, poke uh, yourself and, yeah. and stick that blood in a meter to tell, okay, can I have a brownie today or not? <laughs> no, you just shouldn't be having a brownie at all. But if you're going to have a brownie, make sure that you're also having the fresh fruits and vegetables. You know, yeah. but if you've had a McDonald's lunch, don't go eat the brownie the same day. Right. But what I tell people often, uh, you know, by, by changing diet, and I find out that a lot of people, and we're going to still talk about the keto yeah. and the, the paleo and all that stuff and the Mediterranean and, you know, it, but I tell people, I find out that if you don't consume enough protein, now it could be plant protein, yeah, I'm not about, if you don't consume enough protein and healthy fats, which burn about 60 times more slowly than sugar, right. then you will go for the sugars. You will, and, and, and then people will say, 
well, I, uh, man, I'm so hungry, I got to eat something. And so they grab the quickest thing there is. And so if they are into health, they'll get the organic blueberries and the organic coffee and they'll get the organic grapefruit juice and they get all the stuff. And they think they're organic, doing something right. Because it's organic. Right. But their body is still has to process all those sugars and it cannot do it. And well, you look, it, look at it this way. We are addicted to sugar. Mother's milk is sweet. Okay? So from the time we're born. So it's my mom's fault now? It is. No. <laughs> no, but the thing is, here's the thing that's interesting, is if you go back to the Roman Empire, okay, the sweetest thing after mother's milk, you know what it was? It was a carrot. Right. It wasn't a Snickers yeah. bar. No. You know, so that's the problem, was we, we've, we've, we've altered the natural order of things so much that we, don't, we, we aren't even able to recognize what our body really wants. And so we go for the sugar because that's what we, we're, we're addicted to, that taste. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as we know what form it's in. If you eat an apple and you're looking for something sweet and you just haven't eaten something protein, that's a good thing. But anyone who's just eaten a bunch of protein isn't going to go eat an apple. It's not going it, to, it, because it's not even going to appeal to them at that point. Correct. Because it's going to ferment in their system. Yeah, but I tell people too, if you, you, you take a fireplace in your house. Right. And you, you say, well, we're going to burn wood today, right? Right. And you come in with, a, with three feeds of newspapers in your hand. Yeah. You say, well, it's a wood product. Paper right. comes from the tree. Right. We all know that the fire is not going to burn very long, not very high, and it doesn't heat the whole house. Right. And then the newspaper is going to burn up and the wood still is going to be sitting there. Correct. So yeah. the wood, the wood is what you need. You need logs. And right. then depending if you want cherry wood or oak or ebony wood or pine right. or whatever you want, maple wood, yeah. they all even burn differently right. than, than the other. So I tell people when your fire is burning, right. what are you going to put on the fire in order to keep it going? You're not going to grab that newspaper and throw it in there. You simply say, I'm going to stay with the food that sustains me. Right. So in that aspect, eat food. And this is, again, wholesome food. Right. And I often tell people, look into your proteins and your fats. Now, some people say, well, you're telling me I got to eat proteins and fats. No, there has to be a variety. But the majority of people don't get enough proteins. Even if it is plant protein, they don't eat enough healthy fats. And so they're always and they all gravitating don't, but they all towards the carbohydrates. But they all don't get the fruits and vegetables. Correct. Right. And you can have those, but, but see, it's not. And one, thing, is, one thing you just said that's a great analogy is, is, you know, you can put pine on the wood. You can put pine on the fire. You can put cherry. Okay. All those woods burn at a different rate. Correct. Okay. So the rate that they're burning is based on how hot that fire is. Mm -hmm. Now, if you put cherry on a on a fire that you've started with newspaper, that cherry ain't going to burn. Good point. Okay, yeah. but if you put pine on that first and let that get going and then put, you know, some, maybe some walnut and then put the cherry, it's all going to burn fine. Yeah. Okay, so that fire represents how much fire you have in your digestion, belly. in your yes. belly. Yeah, yeah. And so if you're going to try and eat something that's a hard-to-digest protein, like gluten, yeah. like dairy, yeah. like animal protein— it's going to sit there if you haven't worked on building your fire up. Right. And so it's the same, it's the same scenario. It's, 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 it's a great analogy because people know that if, if you start putting cherry in a fireplace and you haven't started the fire, it yeah. ain't going to work. Yes. That's a good point. Yeah. So, uh, wow. Now, we got a little distracted here, but I do want to understand more. Since we're talking keto. about the keto, the long-burning proteins and fats. Right. 
that many people feel great on. Right. Is it for the long run or not? Yeah. So we're going to talk about it when we come back, folks. Uh, Dr. Michael Wolfeld is my guest today, a naturopathic physician from California, touring through part of the United States. He's back in Bozeman, first time in two years. Every time he comes, we just love to have him on the radio show. We're going to take a short break for the second hour. We're going to go into the third hour next. We're just talking to Michael Wolfeld, Dr. Michael Wolfeld, and... Uh, he said, you're not as good looking as Chuck, but uh, you definitely do a nice job as engineer. So I take that, the combination, I still take it as a compliment. <laughs> it's meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a face for radio. I know that. So I'm a perfect face for radio. <laughs> yeah. That's what I always say about myself. Oh, yeah. You know, you can, radio is the only place you can, walk, you can walk in with a bathing suit on. No one knows the difference. That's right. And thanks for doing that today. My pleasure. <laughs> you, remember, you remember Hutley Brinkley? Uh, Christy Hotley Brinkley. Hotley Brinkley. They had the news thing. Chet Hotley oh, oh, always. Oh, Hotley Brinkley. Yeah, the mean, new, uh, when they had the news. When yeah, we sure, were kids. Sure. Okay, yes. yeah. We were kids. Chet Hotley always sat there with short pants on and he had a fake tie with a jacket on. He never wore a suit. Is that right? Yep. He hated him. Huh. But the, 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 the producer said, no, you got to have this on. So that's what he found. He well, found probably the, still black and white TV. So yeah, exactly. Either, it didn't make yeah. any difference. Huh. You know? Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, now, I love, now, now they can call it in. So. I love those old things. In fact, I have, to, I have to throw this in. This is classic before we get into keto. I remember years ago that Gulf Oil was one of the major um, sponsors of Hunt, Chet Huntley and Brinkley. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so basically, Chet Huntley was, you know how they used to banter back and forth. They would say, you know, he, one of them would say a new story and then say, uh, David, what's, what, you know, what do you have to say? You know, so anyhow, so David was talking about an expose that had been released saying that Gulf Oil had been fined something like $150,000, which was a lot of money back then because they, had, they knowingly had polluted a, a bay or something. You know, it wasn't good. Okay. So yeah. then after he gives this little spiel, he, sends, he says, uh, uh, Chet. And so Chet, who had the straight face, you know, he, like he never smiled. Yeah. He lost it. And then he said with a laugh, he said, We'll now have a word from our sponsor, Gulf Oil. <laughs> <laughs> and he just cracked up. And Gulf Oil had all these commercials for the next month about how they take care of the environment. It was just <laughs> yeah. a riot. Well, that's My good. father just said, wow, talking about marketing. Yes. Well, in a way, when you had Jay Leno and Dave Same thing. they would also bl- blast yeah. CBS and NBC. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, and sometimes it is what it is, so it doesn't doesn't really matter. Right. But uh, no, ab- absolute pleasure to have you on the show again. And uh, we have always have such a good time. And I know, you know, we have to have so many notes because we run out of things to say. Right. Well. <laughs> We use our brakes to really put our heads together and figure well, out well, what we can thing, do. Well, it's good because you know neither one of us can read, and so it's helpful to have something that we can say. This lecture doesn't work. I'm glad right, I got this lecture doesn't on. work. Right. Yes. Well, we have a caller who would like to ask a question or give a comment. Good morning, caller. Thanks for joining. What's your name? How can we help you? Hi, this is Kat. Hi, Kat. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jacobus. Thank you for the show. Very good. There yeah. is a lot of talk about the gallbladder. Yes. And how it is very influential in your digestion. Yes. What type of diet would a person have if you do not have a gallbladder? It's been removed. Well, that's a great question. And I have to tell you the good news. If you've had your gallbladder removed, your body, which is incredibly intelligent, 
will actually create over time another chamber that works as a gallbladder. And this has been proven. Yeah. So because the body needs it. Now, it's not going to produce the same amount of chemicals that your original gallbladder did. Yes. So it's going to put more stress on the liver because the liver uh -huh. then will start making those. The liver is one who makes the chemicals that the, the gallbladder stores. Okay. But when you have a real gallbladder, the real gallbladder actually helps to produce that. So you're putting more strain on the liver, which means that you really want to be taking care of your liver well if you've had your gallbladder taken out. So how do you take care of your liver? Well, first of all, you want to eat a diet that is loaded with fresh fruits and vegetables. First thing in the morning, it's very helpful to have a glass of warm water with the juice of a fresh lemon squeezed into that water and drink that first thing before you do anything else because that warm water goes immediately into your liver to help flush it out. Now, another thing that you can do that helps your liver, which is not as much fun, I'll be the first to admit, but you can do something called a coffee enema. And, of course, you want to use organic coffee, and you, you, you want it to be room temperature. You don't boil the coffee hot and use hot coffee as an enema. Because so if you choose between one Valdez and Kona, you go for the Kona. You go for the Kona, but you cool it down. <laughs> cool it down. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be quite an experience. Yeah, okay. <laughs> In fact, it, it, may not, it may take you about three weeks to just recover from the shock of it, of that hot water going right up your yeah, butt. that's right. So, so anyhow, those are two things that can really help your liver stay cleaned out mm. but the base thing you can do for your liver is to eat a diet that is not putting more of a load on your liver which is trying to produce the bile to help your gallbladder it's just that simple okay so your gallbladder really is a storage facility that's all it really does and so if you have your gallbladder taken out because of wrong food choices or possibly an accident, that can Could happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But most people have their gallbladder taken out because of poor lifestyle choices. That's the number one reason. Yeah. Um, your body will create another chamber to store that bile that the liver is constantly producing because your liver can't produce enough ongoing to give the body what it needs. So it has to have a supply in Correct. reserve. And so that's what the gallbladder does. Yes. So the body is going to produce another chamber to store excess you know, bile. So that's yeah. not a real problem. But it is a real problem if you've had your gallbladder taken out and you're sticking with the same diet that got you. Yes. That's the problem. Yeah. So you immediately want to stop doing what you were doing before that got you into that problem, mm -hmm. which means that you want to give up the processed foods, you want to give up the alcohol, especially the sugar. Now, keep in mind, alcohol and sugar are exactly the same thing. Sure. Sugar is more, um, what do you call it, um, uh, socially acceptable. Yeah. You, know, you don't walk around drunk, but it mm -hmm. does the same thing to your body. And your mind. And your mind. Do you know that 2,000 years ago, sugar was discovered in China? Okay. When they first discovered sugar, white, the white crystal, which we still have today, do you know how it was used, Jacobus? It was a medicine. I didn't know It that. was not a food. Really? It was used as a medicine wow. short term. Huh. And I'll always remember a, a conversation I had with a woman who had come back from Hawaii. This was years ago. And um, she said that she was walking down a, a, a dirt road, and she saw these young Hawaiian children walking along, and they were sucking on a piece of sugar cane. And she said, that is terrible that the mother would give these kids a piece of sugar cane to suck on. 
Do you know how much sugar cane it takes to make one teaspoon of white sugar? Um, about, about 15 feet. Really? So if you're sucking on a piece of sugar cane, it's got a little sweetness, but it's got tons of minerals, tons yeah. of vitamins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably the best thing you could be doing. I see. You know, but it's not the white powder. Hey, Kat, are you, um, does that make sense? What are you saying about uh, the liver? It does. It really does, except um, I have modified my diet, but I still like cheese. And cheese doesn't seem to agree with me. Okay, are you eating? All right, let me ask you this, Kat. Are you eating raw cheese or pasteurized cheese? Uh, pasteurized. Okay, you got to give up the pasteurized cheese. Only what raw cheese? If if the, if if you were intended to eat pasteurized dairy, the good Lord would have put a Bunsen burner under the udder of a cow. He didn't. He did not do that. Okay. Here's the thing about. Yeah, but a, it is law. I mean, you so many states you cannot get. Uh, any dairy that is either not pasteurized or homogenized. Can I ask you a question, Jacobus? Yeah. Is that law based on a fact or an opinion? <laughs> it's based on an opinion because guess what? Here's the Are deal. you kidding me? I'm so, not kidding you. Listen so to this. So we could get raw you can dairy get, and well, I know the sources, but people literally do it from the back through the, in the back alley. Do you know that in Washington State, in Oregon? In California, in Arizona, you can go to health food stores and you can buy raw dairy okay. without a problem. Okay, here's the deal. If you have raw dairy, by law, if it comes in on the 1st, it has to be taken off the shelf on the 8th. In other words, they get, they get seven days code date. Now, if you, if you let that same raw milk go for 15 or 20 days and you leave it out on the counter, it's going to get real sour. Yeah. And you can still sip it and it's going to be very beneficial because it's going to have a lot of good bacteria in it. Okay, but you take pasteurized milk. Pasteurized milk now can have 21 days. So in other words, if it comes into your store on the 1st, it's got to be taken off on the 22nd, okay, because that's three weeks. Yeah. Now, if you take that pasteurized milk and you take that and leave it out on the counter even one day, it's not going to go sour. It's going to go deadly. Mm -hmm. You sip on that, it could kill you because it's, become, it, it's full of toxic bacteria. It could take you out. Mm -hmm. But the raw milk left on the counter for even five or six days is just going to get really sour, and it's going to be full of good bacteria. Yes. And that's the amazing part. In fact, they actually did a study where they took a sample of raw milk and a sample of pasteurized milk, and they noticed that they just left them both on the counter and after seven days, the pasteurized milk was full of toxic bacteria. I mean, E. coli, Sam, I mean, it was just full of nasty things. There was hardly any decent bacteria left yeah. in it. Yeah. The, the raw milk was loaded with good bacteria after mm -hmm. a week. So in other words, you eat pasteurized milk, you have to have an incredibly strong digestive system to be able to digest that. Mm -hmm. And if you've had a gallbladder taken out, your digestion is, is, is working overtime trying to help you yeah. to, until you make that new chamber. Yeah. So the chances are you're probably not going to be in a position where you can really digest pasteurized milk. So raw milk, raw cheese, I guarantee you, like for example, if I drink pasteurized milk, my nose will fill up with mucus. Huh. If I drink raw milk, clears it up. Right. I now, know, I know. It's very good for your immune system. Yeah. So the point is, is that we aren't intended to eat pasteurized dairy. It's right. the government 
that tells us to eat pasteurized dairy because the dairy farmers want more days that they can have their milk on the shelf without having to take the product back. Right. It's all about economics. Yeah, but, I, you know, there is a cat. I don't know. Uh, one thing, I want to let you go, uh, but one thing is that if you eat dairy, if, if you go somewhere, so if you find raw dairy, that's great. If you have to go somewhere, you go to a party and you serve some there's dairy in it, just get a dairy enzyme that may help you then to process that a little bit better, that lactase enzyme. Or better yet, don't eat that dairy. Or don't, but if you, if you go somewhere and they you have don't a, know. Yeah, you, you don't, don't know. know for sure. Right. And the people have made something, you spend all afternoon cooking a great meal for you and you're going to eat everything. Right. Then you could maybe take a dairy enzyme and help yourself. Uh, the other thing is that if you have... If you go somewhere and you have no control over the food, like I just said, you could take an ox bile enzyme as well that can help some of that bile to give you some bile to help in the digestion. Now, so, another, another suggestion, though, yes. is if you know you're going to be going to a party and they're going to be serving food that's probably not going to be in agreement with you, sure. that same day, make sure you've been eating a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables and everything you've eaten has been proper and in accord with natural laws and your body so that you're not causing it to work hard more than that one party and that's true too yeah. and and then you get there and you're maybe not that hungry <laughs> so exactly that's you the, gotta pick and choose the good stuff we never go to a party unless uh, we've already eaten yes <laughs> yes I, I have one one other question go how about for it. eggs how about eggs? How about eggs? Okay, eggs are eggs are fine, but you want to have make sure they're pastured eggs that the chickens have actually been walking around and eating food. You want to make sure that they are non-GMO, organic is the best way to go. Well, it's funny because you can feed them organic corn, and I don't think that corn is that great to uh, if you primarily feed them. Let them pick the stuff. It's better to so get. I think free range is free, much better free, free than, range, than organic. And you want to get the ones that say soy and corn free. And there are some eggs that actually say that. And the other thing is, if you're going to eat eggs, either soft boil them or poach them. Don't cook eggs in oil. It's that's because that oil becomes undigestible, especially if you had your gallbladder taken out. But egg egg is considered the best form of protein. Complete food. Complete food. So they're great. But poached or boiled is the only way to eat them. Once in a while, it's okay to have scrambled as a treat. But, you know, if you're going to scramble them, scramble them in coconut oil. Don't scramble them in canola oil. Right. <laughs> yes. Or butter. Yes, yeah. I do that. And I, I want to know a little bit more about your suggestion on not eating bananas. I think, oh. bana- I, well, I personally think there's nothing wrong with bananas, but not 365 days of the year. It, it can also affect your curvature of your spine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kat, thank you. Hey, listen, before we forget. Oh, so no, okay, I was going to say, we, no, we better, we better discuss keto diet. Yeah, we're going to talk about okay. it. Kat, all the best to you. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Okay, bye. bye. So, the big thing today, and we're talking about gut health with Dr. Michael Wolfelt, the big thing right now after the blood type diet in the mid-90s, yeah. and then we started uh, seeing the Mediterranean diet, and then it went to... Don't forget the, the Atkins diet. Well, Atkins before that, <laughs> I would say, and then the Mediterranean diet, right. and then you, you have the paleo. paleo. Came, that's the funniest one. I, like the, I love the paleo diet because that's a, that's a riot. Okay. 
I mean, you think a caveman... That is hokey? That, that man, that's a rogie. That's a rogie. If you, if you look back at the paleo people, back yes. at the paleo, you know, that, that era, yeah. I mean, do you know how much work it took to get a woolly mammoth or a wild hog? I mean, do you think they got those every day? I don't think so. Yeah. They might have gotten one of those dudes maybe once every two weeks, maybe once a month. I mean, they were eating lots of roots. They were eating lots of berries. They were eating anything they could find. And once in a while, they would come across an animal that they could actually catch or Mm -hmm. kill. Okay, so today, the paleo diet is about having bacon for breakfast, hamburger for lunch, and a steak for dinner. Now, no one in the history of mankind has had that kind of access to animal protein. Mm -hmm. And so the paleo diet is based on faulty information. Because a true paleo diet was somebody that ate animal protein when they could get it only. And they might only eat animal protein once a month. I mean, they might get it every, you know, twice a month during a good season, but they're not going to eat it every day. They weren't, it wasn't even available. And you've got to remember, there wasn't refrigeration back then. Right. So I hope none of you are, are eating right now because what I'm about to say doesn't sound that ap- appealing. But basically, when you know, these guys would go out on a hunt, and, you know, the, the, the people left back at the, at, the, at, the, at the camp, they were the real food people because they were digging up the roots and the berries and they were keeping the, the, the clan going. Yeah. And so these guys would go out and maybe they'd bring back a wild hog. Okay. Now, when they brought back the wild hog, they didn't bring back the whole hog because it was too big. You know, sure, sure, so they sure. would they would actually cut it at that time. And right there, they would eat the eyeballs. They'd eat the brains. They'd eat the heart. They'd eat the liver because those didn't last long. OK, it was the it was the muscles that would last a little bit longer. Sure. sure and sure. so those the the, the 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 vital organs had all the, you know, the essential fatty acids, you know, you know, and that's what they that's what they needed. And so. They would then eat that, gorge themselves on that, which was like, you know, maybe once a month. Yeah, yeah, they weren't yeah. gorging daily. Uh-huh. You know, today we gorge daily. <laughs> yeah. And so they, then they'd bring the rest of the carcass back, and then they would cut that up, and they might even cook it, you know. But the point was, that was once in a while. And so the paleo diet is a bunch of hokiness that was, <laughs> I mean, it was created by a bunch of rogies. <laughs> That are all in a nursing home right now because they're near death and they all have Alzheimer's. <laughs> so we want to at least get to be a. We want to at least get to be no, a. I'm not. I'm laughing because you're funny. Yeah. And, and the way you say it, I, there are people who I know that are on the paleo diet and they love it. They oh, do really well. Yeah. But I see your point, which is simply there is no balance. Right. You can do the, you can do the paleo diet for a while, but if you keep doing it. You're going to run into a roadblock. It was the same with Atkins. Exactly. Now let's look you know, at the, let's look at the keto diet. Sure. The keto diet and the paleo diet are exactly the same. Okay? Except one is more fat than less protein. Right, but but they're, but they're both they're both they're both extreme. Okay. So the keto diet says eat fat, eat fat, eat fat, eat fat. Paleo diet says eat protein, eat protein. Okay, they just keep doing that. Yes. Well, basically, what we're doing is with the the paleo diet is actually worse for the body than the keto diet. But they both can only work short term because both of them put tremendous stress on the kidneys and the liver, mm-hmm. especially the paleo diet. There have been people who've actually shown that their kidney enzymes go through the roof after a month of being on the paleo diet, eating heavy animal protein three times a day. And in fact, if they kept going, 
one doctor actually told a friend of mine who was, I was trying to convince not to do this because they said, oh, no, I feel great. And so they finally, you know, they were having some pain in their backs. And I said, well, I think you ought to get this checked out. And they actually checked it, had it checked out, and their kidney enzymes were like through the roof. And the doctor said, I don't know what you're doing, but if you don't change what you're doing, you could end up on dialysis. Yes. Okay, so that's why it's only beneficial short term only. Same with the keto diet. If you're just eating fat, 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 and you're not doing the fruits and the vegetables and, you know, some complex carbohydrates, we got to have starch. If we don't have starch, the fat has no way to be taken to the toilet. You got to have that fiber. But if you're trying to take psyllium and think that's going to work with the fat, that ain't going to work either. You've got to have good starch that has all those fibers in it. That's going to have the soluble and the insoluble. And then you, it's all going to go to the toilet, which means that not only is the fat and the bile going to transport it to the toilet, but it's going to be taking the mercury to the toilet too. I see. And if you don't have that system working, then that mercury, which is a hard thing to get out of the system because it could, I mean, the, the body knows that it could really damage the brain and the heart. In fact, yeah. if a little, little mercury gets in your heart, you're out of here. You know, it's not going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's doing everything it can to keep it out of your heart and out of your brain. So in other words, you've got to have a really incredibly strong digestive cycle going if you expect the body to release the mercury so it can be taken into the toilet mm-hmm. and released, you know, out of your body. So if that's not going on, that stuff goes back into circulation and it's going to go into your brain before it goes into your heart. Because if it goes into your heart, you're out of here. I mean, there's no, that's not a heart attack. That's right. like the end. Right. But it going into your brain, your heart's still working, not as yeah. well. Yeah. But that's but, Alzheimer's. But you don't know. That's right, what you don't know. <laughs> you that, don't know that. There you got Alzheimer's, you got ALS, you got Parkinson's. I mean, they're all based, they're all the same thing. Myelin sheath yeah. damage. And the, and the ADHD and the, and the autism, all the same thing. Those poor little kids, I mean, we, we'll talk about vaccines when we come back. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really interesting. That's another one. Yeah. yeah. But that's interesting what you say about the keto because it is yeah. popular and I've seen people do tremendously well on it. Short term only. Short term. And some of them have done it for several months. They're losing a lot of weight. They look better. They look younger. They yeah. feel great. Better energy. But I totally agree with you. It Socially, it's really difficult. And and long term, I think it is very hard on the system. So there has to be more, especially the kidneys. Food. Yeah, yeah no, totally. You're, you're going to hurt your kidneys. Yeah. All right. Yep. Oh wow, Dr. Michael Wolfelt, uh, great stuff. Thanks so much for being here. We are still have about a half hour to go, and uh, so stay tuned for the last half hour because, like I told you in the beginning, we are jam packed three hours. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned, please. Thanks for listening. I just hope you are enjoying yourself. Uh, Dr. Michael Wolfelt is with us, and it's great to have you here, Michael. I wouldn't miss it for the world, Jacobus. Well, that is quite a compliment. We have, we have, we certainly, you know, I, I, I lost my note sheet. I don't know what we're going to talk about now. <laughs> I think they're stuck <laughs> under the table. <laughs> Where they belong. Where they belong, yeah, that's right. the trash can. We go, we go commando right here. We don't wear anything. <laughs> we just go and go with the flow. And sometimes we get shot down, and sometimes we don't. <laughs> that's right. No problem. Well, it's uh, really wonderful, folks, uh, that you're tuning in today. I hope you are enjoying the program. As I mentioned just earlier, uh, with Dr. Michael Wolfeld in the studio, we have jam-packed three hours because there is a lot of information going on. Now, uh, we have a caller on hold who has a question. And uh, good morning, caller. Thanks for joining the program. Uh, what's your name? How can we help you? Uh, yeah. How do you spell Dr. Wolfeld's last name? 
W-O-H-L-F like in Fred, E-L-D. Okay, I was just doing a Google, Google search and I was trying to find it. Okay. Actually, I'm, I, you, I, 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 it, let's see, Montana, I'm not sure what the laws are in Montana. Actually, um, most naturopaths technically cannot be called doctor. I, don't, I think Montana is okay. Montana has no sales. We do tech. have natu- nat- naturopath. But, with, but the question is, what, what are the qualifications for a naturopath to be a naturopath? See, like in, oh, is that right? See, in California and Washington State, see, Washington State, when um, Bastyr University first started, they were into Hippocrates and Ayurveda. Yeah. About six years ago, they started taking money for research from pharmaceutical companies. That's when everything changed. Now, naturopathic medicine in the United States is basically, unfortunately, not what it was intended to. It wasn't what Hippocrates or, you know, the ancient people in India and China studied. So that's the real problem that we have in our country today. We live in the United Corporations of America. And so we've allowed the pharmaceutical industry, the food food tech giants, you know, to really dictate how things are. In fact, you know, one of the things that's fascinating, Before I want to definitely talk about um, vaccines in a second, but I'll tell you this, this, is, this was incredible to me. Years ago, I had a friend that had stage four cancer. Yeah. And we were at an oncologist's office. And this oncologist basically said to this person, Okay, well, you know, you've got cancer in the breast, you've got it in the bones, so obviously surgery is not an option for you. Yes. And then the person started, this was an older gentleman, he's probably 65 or 70 at the time, he's, you know, he'd been in the business for a while, mm-hmm. and he starts to give uh, like about a five to eight minutes sales pitch on why you'd want to do chemotherapy, followed by 15 minutes about why you wouldn't want to do chemotherapy. And then he did the same thing with radiation. In other words, you know, Ten minutes. He was more positive about radiation, but then again, he gave a good amount of, of information about why you wouldn't want to do radiation. And I'm just sitting there saying, "Well, this is an interesting sales pitch because that's that's what the guy had to offer. He had radiation and chemotherapy." Yes. And so he sits back in his chair and he looks at the person. He says, "Now, do you have any questions?" And after a, you know a, a, about a minute, this person with the stage four cancer yeah. says to this doctor, "She says." Well, Doc, if you were in my shoes, would you do chemotherapy or radiation? And he pauses with a little smile on his face, and he says, absolutely not. Now, that surprised me a little bit. But what really surprised me is what he said next. He said, if I were to just off a hand tell you that I think, you know, if you just walked in and and I told you I thought doing chemotherapy or radiation was a real waste of time and it's toxic and blah, blah, blah. And if you were a member of the medical board posing as a patient, you could take my license away from me. And I said, that is amazing. So in other words, you know, the medical establishment is very locked in, you know, and they, they take care of their own. But that's why things are changing now, because more and more individuals are learning things. Yes. And they're realizing that drugs are not the answer. Yes. You know, and they're realizing that, like, for example, I've had many people in the last six months who emailed me or called me and they say, well, I've got something wrong with me, but, you know, the doc- my, my doctors don't know what. I've been to two doctors. They don't know what's really going on. And they want to give me an antidepressive because they say it's in my mind. And the person will say, well, that doesn't make any sense to me because I'm having real symptoms and I know that things, something's not right. 
And so my comment is, well, it sounds like you're probably smarter than the doctor. You know, but that's all they know is to give you a drug because they think there's a problem with your thought process yeah. or whatever. And most of the time, it's a, it's a problem with their, what their diet is or their digestion or something else. But this is the problem. But the good news is, is more people are waking up now. And as more and more people wake up, there's going to be a real shift. And, you know, it's, you, got, you get a degree as a doctor now, you're not guaranteed, a, you know, a six-digit income anymore. No, and so that true. so so well, unless you become a specialist, but that means nothing. It, well, and you got to be in the right place to be a specialist, <laughs> right? Yeah, I I think that uh, that's a very strong point that you bring up uh, about doctors, and the sad thing is indeed uh, one of the reasons why people become educated is simply because they're not finding the answers from the practitioners right and if you 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 are a practitioner that means you haven't figured it out yet either because otherwise you wouldn't be practicing well you know it's well, amazing I mean, what 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 uh alan iverson used to say it's practice man this practice we're talking about practice, practice. man you know well you know it's the game is different and we're patients yeah it's interesting how many mds have now gone back to school to become functional medical doctors. That's right, because but they're losing their patients. They're losing their patients, but here's the problem. Or they're getting though. frustrated with right. the fact that they start reading some things and yeah. they go like, how come our whole institution is yeah. moving so slowly right. into new, yeah. new but paradigm? Here's, but here's the problem. If you're going to go to a functional doctor, you got to make sure that you're going to a functional doctor who actually practices that and who didn't simply just go to get a label put on their name so that they can attract the business they now lost. Because yes. some people, that's all they are. They're still, they're still passing out drugs like candy, yes. and they're really not doing the functional part of it. But there are some legitimate functional and integrative doctors who really are trying to be what they need to be for, for their patients. And those people are, they're doing great. And those people are actually not spending three minutes with the patient. They're spending an hour or half an hour with them, and they're doing a workup and trying to find out where they're coming from. Uh. And instead of getting a six-digit income, they might be down to a four- or five-digit, but they feel better about themselves, and the patients feel better. There's no doubt about the fact. You have a bad accident. You know, American and Western medicine is the best triage emergency medical system in the world. I mean, after the 9-11 fiasco, where the trade, you know, whether, sure, whatever you sure, believe sure, about anytime. that, yeah. doesn't matter what you believe about that, but the point was a lot of people were injured. And died. And died. Well, the people that were injured, actually, a lot of those people now are walking, who even 20 years before that, they wouldn't have been. They had their legs amputated. Yes. Okay, but so modern medicine is good for putting people back together after an accident, but modern medicine as it is does not understand health and disease because even the word disease means dis-ease, out of ease or out of balance. It doesn't mean that something's wrong with me. It means that I'm out of tune with the natural order, which is really cool. Well, that is that is part of it, and I also feel that the the, the way that medicine is going like you say, more and more doctors become functional doctors, functional yeah. medicine doctors, because there is a demand for it, or it is simply the conscience that speaks up against them. They're realizing that the patients are not getting any better. Right. And within the medical community, there are those who say, you know, as long as I get my job and as long as I'm working and, and pay my bills and take care of my family and think about my retirement, I'm okay with whatever the status quo is. Right. But if you're talking about a functional doctor, when you and I were young, 
we didn't go to hospitals. We would call the doctor. We had a GP who would come to your house yeah. and just check you out and give you a little bit of this and sometimes even a home remedy and simply say, you know, put a little paste of this on there or try do a little honey or cover the throat with uh, a towel with onions in it. Uh, yeah, you, you know, know, I remember when I was the a onion. Kid, was, so it was more practical. Right. And it was more from what the cycle they came out of. Then right. all of a sudden, medicine became really technical. Well, because the pharmaceutical companies became so powerful. Sure, and now all of a sudden, it is, we're moving, I wouldn't say we're moving away from it, but there are more and more people to say, you know, things are not working. Before I, before I forget, before I know we're running out of time, I do want to mention the thing about vaccines. Go for it. Because, you know, vaccines, I think more and more people are waking up to the fact that it's... Uh, it's questionable how valuable they are. I still remember as a kid getting the chicken pox. And good old Dr. Van Brown, who's probably long dead and gone because he was 65 or 70 at the time when I was a kid. Van um, Brown of Von Brown. Von Brown. He the liked, one from the Zeppelin? He liked, he liked this <laughs> German beer. Yeah. Anyhow, I remember he used to come by. And, you know, like as a kid, I, you know, have yeah, a fever. Yeah. And, you know, my mother would say, all right, well, do we need to do something? He said, well, you know, if the fever gets really high, you know, put him in a cold bathtub or something. But we don't want to suppress the fever because the fever is designed to kill the problem. You're right. You know, and he said, uh, as a child, a child can stand a lot higher fever than an adult can. Yeah. He said, but if it goes over 106, you want to cool them down a little, you know, wow. but, but, but you don't want to give them a drug because that suppresses what the body's trying to do. That's right. Whereas if you just put them in a cool bathtub, that will just simply slow down the process, yes. you know, but that's a whole different ball game today. You know, you have, I mean, you know, you go to a hospital today, everything is about pain management. Yes. Pain is not the enemy. Pain is the red light. Correct. And so once again, you get in your car and the red light comes on. Well, I'm just going to pl unplug that sucker. I don't have time right now to go to the garage. And you drive down I-90 and all of a sudden your engine blows up and you say, well, what happened here? You yes. know, well, I pulled the red light out. You know, the guy said, well, why would you pull the red light? You should have come immediately to me. Well, I didn't have time. It bothered me. It bothers me. Exactly. Yeah. So we're all doing that with our bodies. Yes. So when the red light comes on in your body, it's called pay attention. Know yeah. what's going on. Well, so... Now we've gotten into this vaccine thing, which is huge business. It is. You know, a guy by the name of Andy Wakefield, who is a medical doctor, you've probably heard oh, of yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, he's a hero. I mean, he basically got he's been blasted, blasted for, for, for telling the, the truth. truth. Yeah. Yes. And Robert Robert Kennedy Jr. Also, I yes. mean, you know, here's this he guy. He speaks out. He speaks out. The guy's got money. He doesn't need to be doing anything. Is he doing it because he realizes how many people are being injured yes. by these vaccines that are. He, Only, was, he was one of them. It totally is one yeah, of them. That's yeah. why he's got the problem he's got. Yeah. And, uh, but and, to me, Andy Wakefield is a true hero. You know, he's like, the, he's like the Mahatma Gandhis who's willing to speak out against anything because it happens to be true. And, you know, it, it, it may not be the, uh, the most, uh, you know, um, uh, what is it? You know, well, the most politically, politically correct. Way. Yeah, politically yeah. correct. In fact, usually today, if you're politically correct, you're probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. But, but, you know, the bottom line is, after three hours of, of bantering, you and I, Jacobus, I think the main message to leave people with is this idea that you, we each have a lot more control over our health than we think. That's totally true. And when I was a young child, 
you know, I lived in Florida. We all had allergies and asthma because there's lots of stuff blooming all the time there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I mean, we were taking, you know, coracidins and we were taking these antihistamines and all this stuff. And I'll be honest with you, you know, until I was probably 13 or 14, I was constipated. I mean, if I had a bowel movement once every three or four days, that was good. Yeah. You know, well, that's not healthy. No. But most people today think that if they have a bowel movement eh, once every three, four days, even once a week, I've had people in health, when I worked in a health food store say, oh, I'm doing okay. I have a bowel movement once a week every Saturday. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. No, you should have a bowel movement every day within an hour of when you wake up. And if you drink a big glass of water, if you floss your teeth doing something like that, that both of those things can trigger peristaltic action. Oh, interesting. You know, even drinking some warm water. Huh. In fact, one of the things you can do that really supports liver function and gallbladder function is throughout the day, sip hot water. Don't drink it fast, but just sip the hot water, mm -hmm. and that hydrates the system. You know how have you have a piece of leather, and if it's real stiff, and you put cold water on that piece of leather, it stays stiff. But you put hot water on that piece of leather, and it starts loosening up. It starts right. softening. The yeah. same with our intestines. If our intestines have dried up, hot water is going to help absorb that, and they're going to start loosening up. Because if your intestines are dried up, the villi is going to lie down. It's not going to be standing up like it's supposed to. So you're not going to absorb your nutrients. You could be eating the best food in the world, but if your villi aren't working, you're, you're, it's like it's, it's a waste of money. So you've got to be doing all these things. So some of the simplest things, like sipping hot water, can be very beneficial. Hmm. The other thing, if you don't do anything else that we've talked about today, stop snacking. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Don't eat between meals and start off trying to eat three meals a day. Have your biggest meal between noon and 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And if you don't do anything else but that, Plus, try and eat only organic foods if at all possible. If you're going to eat non-organic foods, the the non-organic non foods that are safe are bananas, avocados, broccoli, really kiwis. Those are, I mean, they're not as good, but they're 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 not as toxic as some of the other things. You don't ever want to eat a conventional strawberry; they are the worst. Because five years ago, the Food and Drug Administration, or no, excuse me, the Department of Agriculture allowed methyl iodide to be pumped under the soil of strawberry fields 365 days of the year, whether they're growing strawberries or not. I see. Isn't that nice? Wow. Now you say, well, who's that to benefit? That benefits the people making the methyl iodide. Okay. I mean, look at fluoride. Fluoride only got into water and toothpaste because we had so much of this fluoride left over from industry, they didn't know what to do with it. Huh, wow. Now people say, well, I, don't you need fluoride? No one needs fluoride. We need fluorine. fluorine. Now, fluorine is right. in plants. Yes. And if you eat enough fluorine, that will help push out the fluoride. Yes. So, like, people say, well, don't drink green tea because green tea is very rich in fluoride. No, green tea is not rich in fluoride. Green tea is rich in fluorine. Yes. And that fluorine will help to dislodge the fluoride. Mm. So, this is the whole, this is the whole concept of form and function. Right. You know, and see, we've gotten out of that. See, like today, you have people who want to take a thousand milligrams of calcium a day because their doctor says, okay, you're, you've got, you know, you, you're, you have osteoporosis. Mm -hmm. Do you know what you have to eat to get a thousand milligrams of calcium? A lot. Sesame seeds, raw sesame yeah, seeds. How much? You want to know how much sesame seeds you'd have to get to get a thousand? Okay. About four pounds. 
really? to get a thousand milligram. Now, how many people are going to eat a thousand milligram, four pounds of sesame seeds, two or three times a day? I don't think any. I don't think any. Yes. I, I, man, yeah. I'd be sick of sesame seeds. Yes. You know. Plus, it, it's not balanced. Yeah. So, in other that, words, that's a good point. Yeah. It's not so, balanced. So, the whole idea is we become a society where it's nutrition by numbers. In other words, how many milligrams do I get for how few pennies? It has nothing to do with do I utilize this? Do I absorb it? It's only the fact that this label says, hey, this has got 600 micrograms of B12, and the doctor says, I'm low on B12, I'm going to take this. Well, did you bother asking what form that's in? Do you know if this is going to work or not? Yes. You know, some of it might work, but some yeah. of it might. Same thing with vitamin D. People are taking humongous doses of vitamin D in a form that the body doesn't know what to do with. Which is what? Which is what? Well, like D1, D2. Oh, even, I see. Even I see. the D3. Some of the D3s is synthetic. So the point is, but here's the trick. You only need to get five to 10 minutes of sun three times a week on sun-exposed skin to have well, enough. I, I tell you, uh, Dr. Wolfeld, I, when people tell me I take 5,000 I use, 2,000 I use, 10,000 I use, uh, the doctor says I'm taking too much. I said, well, what's the blood test say? Right. So the blood test, to me, is a good indication if your vitamin D is actually, if you're getting enough vitamin right, D. Right, but here's the thing that's interesting, though. Yeah. If... If you've gotten out in the sun and yeah. you've had sun hit you for 15 minutes sure. and you go inside and you take a shower and you use soap and water and scrub your skin, you've just destroyed the, the cholesterol on your skin that's going to convert to the D3 that your body needs. Exactly. But if you go in and rinse your body with hot water, cold water, whatever, you can even use a brush, but don't use soap. And the trick is you only use the soap where the sun don't shine. Okay. And so, you know, you wash your private parts under your arms. That's fine. But for 36 hours, don't put soap on the sun-exposed skin because it takes that long for the body to ch change the cholesterol into the D3 that's yes. been exposed. Yes. But most people don't. I don't know people who work out in the sun all the time, and their D level is, 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 is non-existent. Right. And I'll say, well, you know, what are you doing? And they say, well, I, you know, I get all sweaty, so I scrub myself really good with soap. I or said, they wear sunscreen. Yeah, or sunscreen. I said, well, you can't do that. You know, you gotta get, you got to allow the, the body to do its own thing. Mm -hmm. No one was deficient. Even people lived in Minnesota 150 years ago, nobody was D. D deficient. D deficient because they were eating raw dairy, which was high in D3. That's true. You know, once you've pasteurized dairy, D3's gone. Yeah. If you're going to eat organ meat that is really grass-fed, yes. that's incredibly rich in not only the Ds, but all of the essential fatty acids. Yeah, the CLAs. Yeah. Yes. But you, you, cook that, you cook that meat or, you know, it's, it's from a factory farm, the, the CLAs are gone. Yeah, they don't exist because those poor animals have been eating garbage, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So this is the thing. We are out of touch with nature. Yeah. That's what's got to change. Yes. We've got to get back in touch with nature. It's that has to simple. be better balance, yes. Better balance. And so when we forget to eat, then we start snacking. Right. When we snack, we want to get the thing that get the sugar to the brain the quickest right. as possible, which right. is usually some kind of a sweet thing. Yeah, Snickers bar. Snickers bar or, you know, even, even organic even blueberries or, yeah. or orange exactly. juice. Exactly, doesn't matter. But it doesn't give us the full nourishment. Exactly. We need to have more wholesome food. Well, what it is, it short circuits the body's ability to detoxify, yes. which means that toxin, the, the glyphosate and the mercury and all the other stuff is going to keep circulating again. Yes. You've got to, unless you're, unless you're eating normal meals and you're allowing your body to have a long period at, in the evening especially yes. to go into the detox mode where yeah. your liver can really do the housekeeping it's designed to do, yeah. that's the only way you're going to 
to be able to detoxify. And you can't detoxify until you have become a good fat burner. Mm. So you become a good fat burner, but that alone is not the answer because you got to have those good fibers to be able to take the toxins that the fat is pulling out out of your body through the toilet. Yes. You can't pee those out. I mean, you got it. That has to go through your your feces. Okay. You know, and so it's it's really simple. People 150 years ago didn't have a problem. No, that's true. And they weren't as obese as uh, right. they are today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the people, like I said, the majority of that day was consumed by simply working the land yeah. and, and making food for others or for themselves and in that way, so you were always working on how do I survive? But at least they had a house to stay dry if they could, yeah. or if they had to, or stay warm. So that was all how, how life developed. Yeah, more, That's more why people, we've been able to live longer. Right. More but people we, died because of accidents. They didn't die of degenerative diseases. Yes. And the ones that lived in cities lived because of infections. They died yeah. because of infections, because there was poor Janet, uh, you know, hygienic care. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's crazy. You know, that's totally true. Wow. We have a lot more. Uh, we have a lot more chapters to go through. But next time you come to town, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sorry that it's taken so long to be able to get. You know, we I know we had to read a lot of notes, and because I don't read that well, it, you know, it wasn't. Didn't it went kind of slow. It was kind of slow. That's right. Well, we got three hours done with Dr. Michael Wolfell, folks. I really, really, really appreciate all of you tuning in. We didn't get many calls, but that's quite all right. I'm sure that you enjoyed it. Uh, if you try to get a hold of Dr. Michael Wolfelt, uh, call 1-800-962-5433. Or better yet, can we tell him my email address? Yeah, go for it. Email address is staff naturopath. That's S-T-A-F-F-N-A-T-U-R-O-P-A-T-H. Staff naturopath at gmail.com. And I will reply quicker that way because I get lots of phone calls and lots of emails. All right. See you next week, folks.